This week on Show Me Your News, Obsessive Habits, Arkham City, and Metroid's in-game movie are discussed. Also, more Pokemon Black and White news, Metal Gear Solid Rising's place in the canon, and Billy is King again, and much more. Also, we get an It's Your Turn from Epsilon125 regarding Rock Band 3 and Pro Mode. Hey, Gaming World, I implore you to... Show Me Your News! And now, coming through your speakers and into your ears, it's the gaming podcast that you all know and love. It's Show Me Your News! What's up, gamers? Welcome to Show Me Your News. This is episode 67, and we are your gaming podcast source for all that you need to know about the latest in the gaming industry covering the past couple weeks. I am Yoko, and of course, back again as the permanent co-host of Show Me Your News, second episode with that title here, we got the Buzzsaw. Dang, Skippy! Dang, I'll have to get my own permanent intro subtitle line in the future there you go instead of that really long awkward (laughs) one (laughs) it'll all work out Mm -hmm. we'll figure something out i'm new at this okay don't give me a hard time jeez i wouldn't say you're new at it but yeah (laughs) at at the at the whole official thing sure they don't know that now we, we tried to get master link x on the podcast this week and he's a fan of the show and I love the stuff he does but we just couldn't figure out a, a time schedule and, and all that so I don't want to call him a fallback choice because he is very competent on his own but as as long as you can distinguish the voices we have my brother Sword Hunter on the show welcome back there's no denying I'm no no substitute for Master Link X sorry people yeah, yeah Sword he has a feel being a fallback guy man I'm, I'm the fallback <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, a lot of people say that like they can't distinguish between our voices, and I wouldn't. I know they're similar, but I would say that they are definitely different in a, a small way. But it, maybe it takes experience to. Yeah, get. I would say if if you've never heard the podcast before, it's really tricky. You're well, kind of like, wait, he's talking to himself. But I don't know. I've heard you guys before, so I know how to distinguish the two of you now. Good. It was when uh, you guys now, did the video podcast and I wanted to cry because I was like, oh, it's the same person <laughs> in both cameras. Ah. Right. It's a now clone. watch, just as you said that, you're going to mess up our names in the, sometime during this episode. Oh, you, you've jinxed it. I know. Um, so, uh, some podcast news before we get into the show. Well, let's actually cover the headlines and all that we'll be talking about. Uh, Arkham Asylum 2 has a new title and some new details. We'll talk about that. Um, new information on Pokemon Black and White. Sorry, and I will cover that. Um, Metroid Other M has a movie inside of it. We'll cover the details there. Metal Gear Solid Rising as an interesting place in the canon, and we'll talk about that. And there's a new Donkey Kong champion. Bet you can't guess who it is. We'll talk about Scott Pilgrim vs. the World with the movie coming out in a couple days. Yeah, because we're recording on a Wednesday morning. This is like the first weekday podcast in a long long time but also they have a, the new game coming out also out recently madden 11 we'll talk about if uh sports games should be released every year and what is the deal with madden's 
obsession in America. Also, our big in today, gaming's most obsessive moments. You know, habitual things that you do during games. And we'll cover a list of them that IGN has. We'll come up with a couple on our own. And then we'll get into some mail times and wrap up the show. But before we do that, uh, podcast news. Um, you know, Sword Hunter and I are living in Michigan, southeast Michigan, rather, about uh, half an hour-ish away from Detroit. And um, speaking of Detroit, in October, the 29th, 30th, and 31st, there is an anime convention called Yomacon, Y-O-U-M-A-Con. And um, we went to it last year. We did some uh, some video footage of all that. We met guests like Little Karibo, members of that guy with the glasses, like Nostalgia Critic. We had Angry Joe, uh, Linkara, also voice actors like Kyle A. Bear and Wayne Grayson, Laura Bailey, Travis Willingham, um, Caitlin Glass, Michael Sinton. Like, the list goes on of all the amazing guests. And now it's moving from the Dearborn area down to the de- downtown Detroit. Not like I'm going to shoot you up downtown Detroit. It's the Renaissance Center, which is really, really a nice place. Uh, so it's going to be bigger, hopefully more guests. And, oh, Team Four Star was also among the guests. So they haven't really a- announced the guests officially, um, except for uh, Vic Mignogna is going to come back. Little Karibo will probably come back. Team Four Star will probably come back. I wouldn't be surprised to see members of that guy with the glasses either. Um, so it's it should be an amazing time. But the real thing is that we're going to have a big Show Me Your News meetup. Um, Woo! Yay! I'm going to be there. Uh, Sword Hunter is going to be there. We're going to have Cyberlink 420, Super TH, Tony TH is going to come out, um, Master WGS, and we're going to try to get a, a lot of fans there. I don't know if I can pull Panda to come out for at least one day. I don't know. That would that would be a stretch. Buzz, you would come out, except it's Idaho's far away. You can Yeah. Or, I'll start walking uh, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you might just get there. And anyway, the the relevancy of why I'm bringing this up is, well, first of all, if you're near the Detroit area and love Show Me News, you should absolutely come. It's going to be very affordable. Um, check out our thread in the Show Me News forums, showmeyournews.com slash forum. And uh, also the point is that I just put in an application for a Show Me Your News panel. So it'd be like an hour long, and we'd talk about video games, we'd talk about how to podcast, and get some you know q a fans from uh questions from the audience and you know, we'd video and audio record the whole thing but the point is we you did get put to in meet the, us yeah get to meet us absolutely we put in the application and it's not finalized yet so i'm just saying that it's in the works to have a panel for show me news at this anime slash gaming convention but um it's it's not official yet so we'll keep you up to date on that as we're going to have a big show me news meetup in detroit at yomacon in october I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because uh, even though it is, you know, first and foremost an anime convention, there is a strong video game backing to it. I mean, they have a gaming room in the hotel, I mean, for the convention, and it's massive. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of setups there, a lot of different games for, you know, also tournaments as well. Um, yep. So there's a lot to do there just on the gaming side of things, not also with, uh, and not only anime. Most of the guests are anime related, but. That doesn't mean that gaming has no place. Right. So even if you're a fan of gaming and not so much anime, still come by, check it out. Even just for show me your news. Come on, we're going to be there. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Buzz gets his turn to rant as he gives us what's been the latest for Zero 2D, which is the game he's been making. Well, we have two minor additions from 
since we've been coding. Um, last week I was in Southern California all week uh, on mm-hmm. vacation, so kind of a slowdown to the progress. But right now I have a um, we're working on game controller support, and we also have name tags working. Ooh, Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it's really funny because. It was actually an accident. We were working on getting tech, just text working, you know, so we can display damage numbers and other things like that. And I wrote the buzzsaw on the screen, but I put it in such a place in the code that it attached to the toads. So wherever the toad ran, he like uh, the, te- the text would run with them. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, cool. It's like a name tag. But yeah, we're getting really, really close to making it playable. Exciting. And, and no more vacation, so we'll hopefully have a, a grand update next time. Well, vacation is important. You absolutely deserve it, and you're going to be coming up on uh, your last semester of school after. Oh, finally, you've been in school for a while, so you you definitely deserve that vacation, and uh, that's why we're recording not on a weekend, because you came back on Sunday, and yep. we didn't want to <laughs> throw you to the dogs and say, "Buzz, you just got back. Let's podcast." We tried right, to be nice. Right now. At times. Yeah, we did a lot of driving. We drove. We drove. It was like seven hours to Southern Utah, and then like six hours to Southern California, and then like an hour and a half to the beach, and then all that in reverse. Wow, that oh, was pretty lovely. I hate the road. I hate the highway. Yeah. We should just I'll switch to all monorails and stuff. But I'm sure you, you. I'm sure you got a lot of games. Uh, gaming time. So we'll give you that chance soon. Let's get into the yep. what are you playing section of the show where we what talk are about you playing playing. Where we talk about the uh, the games you've been playing over the past couple of weeks. Uh, Sword Hunter, what is your latest that you've been playing? Well, there are several that I need to get to eventually that I've been kind of putting off for a while. Um, I've been doing a run of Pokemon Platinum recently because I never played that one. Um, I played Diamond, so now I'm getting back to that one. But overall, I've been trying out a couple Pokemon hacks that have come out um, you know, where people take the ROMs and you know alter them, make a new... Uh, a new land, uh, new gym leaders, uh, new story, sometimes new Pokemon. I mean, it's just interesting to see what people come up with, um, whether they start you know, more or less from scratch or just base it off of a different version. It's just interesting to see the creativity um, of the community and what people you know, come out with and see how playable it is if different things are broken um, and how far they've gotten because not every hack that you come across is complete. Uh, there's a good website for them. Uh, Poke Community is one that I've checked out. Uh, they have a good resource um, for many different versions that are out. As I said, um, many of them are not complete, whether there's uh, like two gyms done, four gyms, or you know, as far as they've gotten. But they're still interesting to check out, um, especially if you have, and the emulator you're playing has a speed button. Yes. It, it totally revolutionizes Pokemon gameplay. That I mean, just hold down this button and the whole game moves at, you know, however fast computer can take it, maybe ten times faster. So it makes grinding so much easier. You don't have to put in too much time into the game to progress with it. Yeah, I do so, that in Final Fantasy games. You oh, hold absolutely. down the fast forward button and just hold down the yeah. attack button while you're yeah, wandering so you around. Just, You'll go into a battle, kill everything, come out like in the blink of an eye. You're like, ah, exactly. what happened? And, and you gain experience. So you're just like doing that for you know ten minutes. You're five levels higher, and it says you played for an hour and a half. It's like sweet, and just you can run through these games. I've spent you know what, what it says like ten hours or so, and it's really not actually that long. So, so what were some of the ones that you were playing? Well, some of the ones I've been playing. Um, let's see, uh, Sienna. 
Pokemon Sienna is one that I tried out recently. Um, I think it was at least four gyms or so. It was pretty good, um, especially with Speed Button. Uh, my problem with it, though, was that some of the gyms... Uh, it took a while to get to the first gym. Like, I think levels were, like, you know, high teens or so. But after that, they just came too quickly. Like, next gym was, uh, like, around, I mean, even higher teens, low 20s. Uh, next gym was low 20s. Next gym was, you know, mid-20s. So once you got to that first gym and leveled a little bit, you could just knock each gym right out. Hmm. So it, it didn't have the good progression between gyms. Yeah, that, that isn't good pacing. I was disappointed with that. Um, I also tried out this uh, Azure Horizons one. Uh, it was also pretty short. Um, I had two gyms available. And, uh, I mean, it, it, was, it was good for what... Um, for the amount of effort that they put into it. Uh, I think there's still going to be a next beta coming out uh, for that. Um, and you tried out one that was Ash Gray. I did try Ash that Gray. That basically was following the, the anime storyline episode by episode. They'd have little in-game events that would resemble each of the episodes. It's in a pretty good homage from what I saw to the actual show and what you would expect it to be. It, it was exactly what you want it to be. Like they did some exact line by line stuff. Um, I think some of the the pacing kind of suffered as a result because you know there's so many filler like episodes. So you just have ones that are like right after the other, and um, some of the level scaling wasn't that ideal. Um, right. I, I also just some of the things like you knew that it'd be pointless to do like. There'd be a, a wild manky and it'd evolve into a primate, and you battle the primate because that would be what allows you to do the the P1 Grand Prix Championship. And I just skipped that because I'm like, I knew I'd have to raise this fighting Pokemon to however high, and he's gonna leave me at the end because that's what happens in the anime. You give your primate away, so all the effort that you do to raise it would be gone. Um, I also messed up at the Bye Bye Butterfree area where. Um, you'd, you'd give away your Butterfree to, you know, do its, the whole mating thing. And, um, on the St. Anne, I did the whole thing where I traded with the Raticate, but I expected, like, before the ship sank, I'd get the opportunity to trade back, and that didn't happen. Oh. So I should have never just traded, never traded in the first place, or, right. or just, like, right after asked to trade back, and, um, <laughs> I... But you had to find out. Yeah, you had I, to find out. Right, this, that's true. Um, but Pikachu is amazing. You get the light ball, and it makes him so dominant. And, like, that's... You can defeat, you know, Geodude and Onix by using Thundershock. I don't know how that works, even though they're Pass. part ground, and I guess that's part of the hack of it. I also played a Pokemon Naranja, or translates to Pokemon Orange, which is, like, the Orange Islands kind of thing. That was a little weird, but... Interesting. Uh, interesting as well. Um, yeah, I think that was about all we did. Yeah, that's all we've tried out so far. I'm probably going to uh, test out a few more, you know, just for kicks. But, I mean, because there are plenty of them out there. Um, it said Poke Community has different awards for, like, oh, ROM the of, of the month or, you know, overall of the year. So you want to try out some of those top ones. And I don't know how much I want to get into the, the lesser known, not awarded, you know, random ROMs that you find. I also have to so. talk about the worst one I played. I tried Pokemon Quartz. And it was awful. I, I got it on good recommendation that it was a good one. And I, I don't know what happened. Maybe I got like a wrong version of it. But at, so. at the beginning of the game, I was running into legendaries in the wild at level 40, 50, 60, 70. 
I don't know why the the person recommended the game to me because you'd get master balls and then you'd run into the legendaries and you'd have these 15, 16, 70 Pokemon by the time of the first gym. And then you'd run into the equivalent of Venusaur in the wild at level 60. It's, oh my, it's it's bad. Yeah, it's so bad. let's hope that was a, a sarcastic play. Yeah, it, so. it, it must be. Um, And you've also been playing a bit of Phoenix, right? But for that, let's... Bring, move over to the buzzsaw because he's discovered the glory that is that game series. Yes, I have. The story goes actually that uh, probably six months ago, maybe even longer, a friend of I, a friend of mine lent me the Phoenix Wright Justice for All DS card, like directly, and so I had it in my possession like most of this year. But I've been doing school and <clears throat> and other stuff, and I just I never really got around to it. And plus, admittedly, I kind of thought Phoenix Wright looked kind of boring. I was like, who wants to play a game as a lawyer? I mean, really, is that what we've digressed to? We've run out of game ideas. We have to be a lawyer to make a new game. But anyway, so yeah, school ended, and we started traveling, and I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. Holy cow, this is the funnest game I've played in a long time. I mean, granted, I'm, I am biased towards single-player adventure games and, the, and, the, and those kind of, you know, advent, uh, whatchamacallit, puzzle-solving type games and interactive games. Adventure games and whatnot, um, and so I I dove right in and I liked it and it took a took a little bit to learn the the court system but once I did I was just on a roll and I could not stop playing and so I totally knocked out Justice for All over the trip and um, I only had to use GameFAQs once and that was for the photograph evidence for those of you who are familiar with the game um, because. <laughs> It turns out I always, I had the right idea and I was looking in the right area, but I wasn't clicking the exact right spot. And I was like, oh, garbage. So I, I would look at game facts to see where they wanted me to select it, and I did that to get past them. But other than that, I did it all myself. So I, I did figure out the the cases, and now I am playing the first one, the one before Justice for All, to catch up, and then I'll be playing the third one, Trials and Tribulations, as soon as I'm finished with this one. In the first one, I have completed the first two cases, three cases. I'm in the middle of the one with the Steel Samurai, I believe. Okay. So I've completed two cases. Yeah, I think that is that is the one before the, the last case, which is the big one that everyone talks about when they talk about Phoenix Wright, usually. Yeah. DL6. So I, <laughs> I, like, um, I like how in Justice for All you can present profiles as mm-hmm. evidence, but... Um, in the first one, it is kind of nice taking a break, right? I don't have to think about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I love Phoenix Wright games now, so consider me a fan. I'll be yelling objection all over the place and saying, take that. Um, excellent, excellent. For those who know what it is, I've been playing a lot of Carcassonne on the iPod Touch, or now the iPad, and I've been playing Angry Birds. Anyone knows who Angry Birds are? This That's makes a fun you think game. of Angry Beavers. <laughs> Angry Birds is a... It's a slingshot game, believe it or not. The birds are ammunition. It's kind of weird, but Whoa. there's like these uh, enemy pigs in this like fortress, and you use your slingshot to break the fortress in certain ways. And there's like this really cool physics engine where all this stuff like falls naturally, and you have to kill the pigs. <laughs> really, really weird game, but it's really, really great. Whoa, um, let's see. Question is: Is it better than Kitty Cannon? I have oh, no idea. I don't know. I think one, it's, so. better than <laughs> it's a flash game online. Oh, so I don't know. Nothing beats uh, robot dinosaurs who shoot beams when they roar. Yes. That's, that's, that's <laughs> roar. 
That's the that's another good game. And if you um, just joined me, joined us now, don't worry, you didn't miss a thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, a lot of handheld. It sounds like just based on what I've been doing, mainly because of the travel, I've been doing a lot of handheld games, obviously. Mm-hmm. So since I've been back, I haven't really done any big games. StarCraft is out, and I still haven't bought it. Woe what? is me. I'm nice. sorry. I don't know. I'm, I've been finding out more and more offensive things about the game beyond just the land play and other things. Like, um, my friend has it, so he's able to feed me firsthand information, and he told me right. stuff that, like, when you create a map using the custom map editor, it has to be uploaded. You can't save a local copy. Oh, and wow. there's, like, a 25-megabyte limit, so... Uh, yeah, so like you can't be openly creative and test things. You have to like work within your limit, even when you're just testing stuff. And wow, Blizzard can take maps down that they don't like. And despite forcing you to play online and all this nonsense, they promised that you would put your save games on their servers so you could log in somewhere else and use your save games. Well, they didn't even do that. So your save games are local. <laughs> so they did all this stuff that just made me really, really angry. So I'm, I'm becoming less and less motivated to purchase it. Unfortunately, that's unfortunate. But anyway, that's that's my life in in gaming right now. Mm-hmm. Well, aside from all the Pokemon hacks I've been playing, and I've also been getting back into uh, Ace Attorney Investigations, Miles Edgeworth or Yakuten Kenji. Um, is, it, is Investigations? It, do I understand that correctly? There's no courtroom. You just you just look or well, apparently what's the game plan? apparently I'm getting to a case where like there's some courtroom stuff, or at least courtroom is kind of featured but the main gameplay takes place where like you're going around the crime scene you're investigating um different things you're getting pieces of logic you're uh putting logic bits together you're deducing things that are contradictory with the evidence and uh you're there's some talking but it's basically like investigation in the first four uh phoenix Wright game or apollo justice whatever the investigation is kind of dull, and it's always about like just getting that next piece of evidence and moving forward. And it's not the courtroom is definitely where it's at in those games. This is yeah. like taking the investigation and like <laughs> making it a lot of fun. And you still do courtroom style sort of, you know, testimonies and rebuttals and all that. But they're like with um, you know other policemen or other suspects, and they're just like still in the areas, but they're actually like yeah. giving their testimonies there, and you're just having a, a battle of logic as opposed to like you know sustained objection and all that it's, right right so there's I, no judge basically there really is no judge um ex- unless <laughs> i'm you know getting i'm right now at the, the flashback case for for those that have played the game so i'm i'm speaking with only that much of experience in the in the game but there really is no judge in the main gameplay yet um but it's it's really a, a different style uh, compared to you know, I, I still like the courtroom better, but it's it is a lot of fun and it's you know some Sminja fan or Sminjas Show Me News fans slash um, have said that it's it's basically porn for you know Ace Attorney fans because there are so many references, there's so many cameos, and it's it is honestly a joy um, if you've played the other four games so. Definitely. Yeah, something to continue the series. That, that's the one problem with the series is that there's not much replayability. <clears throat> um, I did replay Justice for All after I beat it because I, I had nothing else to do. Yeah. So I just played through again. And I guess there is a little bit of replayability simply because the second time I was able to better look for clues and better 
see where people were giving away their stories and I was like, ah, I could have known a lot earlier but I didn't. But there's also some that, there's you, also some variation you, of like um how you can answer certain things when you're not when your life bar isn't on the line. Right. Like you could right. you know be a jerk or, you know, actually answer logically or whatever. But yeah, aside from that, yeah, I, there's I'd a couple agree things you. you can do. But but generally you solve the case and you solve the case. There's really not much else that you can twist it or contort it at all. But so. But aside from those games, I've been getting into NCAA Football 11, and I know a couple weeks ago when we talked about this game, it was just like, oh yeah, well, you know, it's another sports game, and we'll talk about this with Madden or whatever, but I actually caved in because it's been a few years since I've gotten an NCAA game, and I really like this one a lot better because they've implemented a locomotion system, and if you've played a sports game before, some of the running just doesn't feel right. Um, you know, it feels really the same for a lot of different uh, you know, runners, or whenever you're moving, and it just feels like you're definitely playing a video game. This one does, with a, this locomotion system that EA Sports has employed, they really do a lot better of a job of taking the characters, you know, agility, acceleration, all these different stats involved, and, like, they each have kind of their own running style. Like, a big bruising back feels different than, like, a speed back, which is really nice, and they've done things like They've taken the sidelines into account so players won't go like running their wide receiver routes out of bounds. That's really nice. Um, and overall, the presentation with ESPN uh, that they've done with college football is, is really appreciated. And I've, you know, I bought it, and I'm really enjoying it. Um, as for Madden, we'll talk about that later. Uh, so let's get into some headlines, shall we? Um, let's see. Batman Arkham City is the new title of... Arkham Asylum 2 that they announced at the Video Game Awards this past year. And what well, what can we say about the game? Honestly, Sword Hunter and I have not played Arkham Asylum as good as it looks. We're mostly waiting for it to we're kind of waiting for it to drop in price before we we go and play it, but it looks it looks like a great game. This looks like it's going to be one of the the biggest hype games. It's going to be coming fall 2011. And um Buzz, have you had any experience with the uh the Arkham Asylum game? I want. I almost got the first one. In mm-hmm. fact, we actually like essentially had it in our hands, but then we returned it because I wanted something else. Um, it looks really, really, really fun. And I've played the demo and I've heard all the hype, but it was a little dark for me. Mm-hmm. And that sounds kind of weird coming from me because I'm a big fan of the of the new movies, and people say those are really dark. But I think the game's a little darker. <laughs> yeah. And. I, I want to play it still. I still I do want to get my hands on it. I don't really have a console that can play it. My computer could play it, I guess. But um, oh, so playing it doesn't surprise me that they're making a sequel because it's so immensely popular. Mm-hmm. But I want to play it. I just don't have a chance yet. And we we lost all of our uh, what you might call it. Our uh, I can't can't think Hollywood Video and Blockbuster. All that stuff went out oh, of business. No. So I can't rent it either. So I'd have to like sign up for Gamefly or something to get my hands on it, or find someone that owns it. I don't know, but I want to play it really bad. Now that they have two, I have to play both. Yeah, it's going to be a definite buy for me once it reaches a certain price point, or if I can find it for a really good deal, then it's going to be a definite purchase for me, and I'm going to enjoy it. It just haven't yet, so sorry. Yeah. I mean, Tony T.H. is the resident Sminja, who is just a, a huge, huge, huge Batman fan. And um, he noted in the uh, in the episode thread, you know, when we were talking about, like, well, what, should t- what should we talk about on the show? He noted that this is going to be Mark Hamill's 
last voice actor. Well, he's going to go into retirement, and Mark Hamill is obviously Luke Skywalker from the original Star Wars trilogy, but he's also recently more well-known as the Joker through Batman animated series and, you know, through these games, Arkham Asylum and all. He, he's no Heath Ledger as, you know, he portrays it in, in The Dark Knight, but as the voice of the Joker, it, it does not get much better than, than Mark Hamill, and it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, Sordi and I have also been watching Avatar The Last Airbender. Mark Hamill does a... Blended job also there as Fire Lord Ozai, and it, it's unfortunate to see you know a recent voiceover artist, uh, a legend, be, would be stepping down after this game. Absolutely, I mean he does so many great roles just outside of the one that people know him for with you know Luke Skywalker, but just to see that um, a prominent uh, actor turn voice actor and really excel in that. You know, in that community, in that role, in that job, it, it's amazing. Uh, some of the things that he's done. Um, as I said, yeah, I've uh, I've played a couple. Uh, I've seen a couple different like shows and such that have had him in there, and he does a fantastic job. So it is really a shame that he's going to be stepping down. But I mean, he's going to give this game a uh, quite a performance to end his career on. Mm-hmm. Um, he needs to play old Luke in episode 7 what's wrong with him <laughs> <laughs> so true so true um, apparently for Arkham City uh, Talia Al Ghul who's Raj Al Ghul's uh, daughter voiced by Castle Stanakotic uh, awesome. is apparently leaked also Mr. Freeze I think was leaked a while back so it's going to be bigger it's going to be better and Batman fans are, are going to go crazy for that game and deservedly so um, now, the Buzzsaw isn't the biggest Pokemon fan, as in he's never played the games. What? No. <laughs> I've played the games. What? I, I've played Super Smash Brothers. There Super you go. Smash Brothers Melee. There Super you go. Smash uh, I've played three Pokemon games. Uh, Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the new Pokemon Black and White, uh, we're a little more than a month away from the Japanese release, and so the, the updates just keep coming, so Sword Hunter and I are going to breeze through a few of them here um the recently uh the koro koro magazine we remember koro koro from the brawl days um you know they're coming out with all these updates and one of them being that tms technical machines in this game usually in past games when you just use one it would be gone forever and sometimes you could buy them at stores or you'd find ones that are pretty rare randomly in the field but apparently tms do not disappear in pokemon black and white this is revolutionary for gameplay. I mean, just for making different move sets and such. Mm-hmm. Um, normally, you would have to, I mean, either hope that a certain Pokemon learns it through just their level raising. Um, if you have a TM for it, maybe you get it through a move tutor. But that TM you could only use once, and you're limited by that. But now that it's gone, it it just opens up a whole new set of possibilities for. It- sustained parties it is a great thing but i'm a little worried about just the brokenness that it could you know it could turn into i mean because the part of the reason that like tms are so rare is that you had to be really careful when you use them for for making those parties and it'd be a great thing for competitive play but i just worry about you know certain moves being overused and uh, i think they just have to balance that out well with what pokemon can learn what tms 
but there's yeah. a bit of a Pandora's box factor. Um, because, yeah, not only did you have to be careful of when you used a TM, but, I mean, w with an HM, okay, we'll say, you could use it time after time, but you couldn't overwrite it so easily. Right. You had to get it deleted first. But with TMs, I imagine now it's going to be you can use it over and over, but it can be overwrited easy, easily. So it's an upgrade process that will be simple for, for movesets. You can just get these in, insane movesets so quickly mm -hmm. and just adjust them to your liking and change them back based on like what gym you're facing mm -hmm. and if you really need to. So I'm not so much a fan of that, but it is definitely interesting. Right. Uh, another big, big thing is that before you get the national decks, which is you know unlocks quote unquote Pandora's box to all the Pokemon that they've ever created, before you get that, which is probably after the Elite Four and you see so many of the Ishu Pokemon, there will only be Pokemon from Generation Five. So no Zubats, no Geodudes. No Machops, Magikarps, any of those during the main the main quest. That, I'm that, so glad I don't have to raise another Geodude. <laughs> I'm so glad. Yeah, no tentacles. Yeah. Basically, yeah, I'm facing tentacles in the wild. But I think I've raised a Geodude in, dude in almost every in every game. So I like this. I really like this mm -hmm. change that they made. It's supposed to be for you know for new players and old players to kind of start off on the same foot, which it makes sense. I like it. As long as you have all of them accessible at some point, like with the national decks, that's fine. Great. Right. This one, we're not so sure of. The idea of triple battles and rotation battles. Yeah. So, so triple battles is kind of, it makes sense. It's like double battles, but with another one. That can get a little hectic. But rotation, it depends. You have... It's basically one-on-one -on -one battles with two Pokemon like in the back row sort of thing, but they're on panels that can be rotated clockwise and counterclockwise. So you have to have you know, your party in, a, in the right order to match up against their triple, and then, you know, of course, cert, you know, certain attacks have certain properties. I'm not a fan of the rotation, and also triple battles. It's double battles seemed like you know, a lot, and, you know, we got used to it, but I think once you get to triple, it's way too much, in in my opinion. I always avoided double battles, and whenever I could, like, if I saw two trainers and I could access each one of them individually, I would do so. It made it easier for me for, um, and specifically matching up um, against different types mm -hmm. for, you know, level raising to make get that experience easier. So I avoided double battles whenever I could. Triple, I'm not going to be so much a fan of, mostly for the same reasons, but we'll see how much they force it on us. Um, did I understand rotation correctly? That what they have the uh, Pokemon in the front, and then a couple in the back, that'll kind of work like the trading card game, where you could also do damage to the bench Pokemon with certain attacks? It wouldn't surprise me. I'm, I'm not sure if I read that part, but it, it'd be a good effect to do. So based on that there's going to be a one-on-one -on -one kind of thing with rotation. I might like that aspect of it better than just a straight-up triple battle. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see how they implement it. But th this news kind of... I don't like so much. I understand that they're making another addition to it. That, I mean, they have to keep things new and fresh in a different way. But I I'm just not a fan of this change. Mm -hmm. Got a few more tidbits here. There's going to be the addition of Seasons. 
in the Pokemon world? Winter, spring, summer, and fall. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. Four, okay, I, I, I had <laughs> Four seasons, four loves. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender reference, people. <laughs> so there, there is a deer Pokemon called Shikijika. And kind of like a little deer, like Bambi, and it's got little floral things on its head. Apparently, these change depending on uh, different appearances for each season. It says here on Cerebi.net, uh, spring form is pink, summer form is green, autumn form is orange, and winter form is brown. Now, I'm hoping that it's not just like each um, each root ha is like stuck in its own season. If these roots and cities and all adjusted based on the season in your DS, great, great change. I, I think so. It's a nice addition to get, I mean, a bigger change with your internal clock. I remember with uh, Generation 2 Gold and Silver that they did also, I mean, like time of day mm -hmm. and whether, you know, early morning, day, you know, not so much afternoon, oh, yeah. but like That was huge. -ish. Yeah. How you could only find like hoot hoots and stuff in the night. How, I mean, basically certain Pokemon that you could find at a certain type of day. I really liked that change. So hopefully they do something similar with seasons that certain Pokemon will be out at a certain time. I mean, like a certain time of year. Maybe like they'll be hibernating or something. Hmm. But if it is by internal clock, that might get a little complex with you're trying to find this certain Pokemon either for your team or you need it to complete your Pokedex or whatever. And you don't want to wait six months just to be able to find it. Right. Uh, a couple so. more real quick. Team Plasma. They're kind of dressed like knights. Thoughts? Uh, not really so much. I mean, it's a new... It, it's a new enemy rocket squad. I mean, we'll see what their their deal is. Yeah, like, what's what their, they really what, do. What's their goal and all that. Yeah, what's I, their defining feature? Are they just another random enemy that you just beat up? Team Galactic kind of grew on me, but... Team Aqua and Magma, never so much, but nothing's ever going to beat Team Rocket. It's not just the nostalgia talking. It's just they're more of a criminal gang that weren't like, oh, the land and the water and the cosmic energy. Like, no, Team Rocket's just, we want to steal your stuff. Yeah. Rocket was generic bad. And each one after that with, yeah, uh, Magma, Aqua, and Galactic, they, they had a certain goal in mind. It made for a better story, sure. But I don't know. It was more. It was more focused. So, I don't yeah. know if that's a better thing or not. As, as much as we know, Plasma wants to steal Pokemon and liberate them, which is kind of closer to Team Rocket. But it kind of reminds me a bit of like Shadow Pokemon, and then you have to purify them, and it's. Oh, it's... don't mention that. <laughs> oh, get that out of here. Um, also, Pokemon oh. contests are gone, but they're replaced by the Pokemon Musical, where you can dress your Pokemon up in items and. A whole bunch of different things to try to appeal to the female demographic. I don't know. I mean, we're not going to touch it. It's Thank God contests are gone. Who knows if musicals are any better, but I never messed with them. I'm sure musicals will be better than contests. Let's hope. Contests are just terrible. Yeah. And that's the important Pokemon news. So, uh, Buzz, you can come back. Oh, what? what? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I know it's in the morning, Sorry. but you, you can wake up now. <laughs> So we're actually going to talk about something that's important to both of your hearts, Metroid. 
And in Metroid, the other M, you know, it's going to, you know, developed by uh, Nintendo and Team Ninja. There, it's going to have cutscenes and all, but you know, some games you get to like in Brawl, you get to see cutscenes like a gallery or whatever, one by one. According to this report uh, from Kotaku, and I'm not sure where they got it from. I don't want to look it up. I don't really care. <laughs> um, Metroid Other M is going to include a two-hour movie version of the game that will take cutscenes and you know sample gameplay footage, mix it all together in a seamless movie-like experience. Now, that is cool. It is a cool idea. Is you think it's something that you know other games should do, or like if it was like Metal Gear Solid, it would just be too long of an experience. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I sort sort of you uh, approve of this this idea. I approve of the idea. It's a very interesting idea, um, especially the, with the fact that it's limited to two hours. That it's and actually like a movie. And if you want the more robust experience, sure, play the game. But if you only have a limited amount of time, you have to move on to other games, you have work, you have school, etc. And you just want to get the idea of the game, sure, you can try this out. Um, more, You would have to borrow it from a friend that's already beaten it, though, because this is only unlocked once you've completed the game. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea, but I'm not sure how many times I'm going to sit down and watch the movie version <laughs> rather than just play the game over again. I think it's a great way to introduce it to non-players. Like, if someone's marginally interested in it but doesn't really have a console or doesn't really want to have time to play, you can invite a few buddies over and just watch the movie version. <laughs> but um, I, this will only work... I mean, if, if, if you're talking about the future, it'll only work in games that have a really good story to work with. And right. Metroid, you could argue it kind of either way. Some people say it has a great, deep story. Others say it's pretty basic and pretty shallow. I don't know. But... All I know is I was looking forward to the rumors that there was going to be a Metroid movie in the theaters. Right. And they were actually selling the rights and moving the rights around and stuff um, over the past year. I can't remember the name of the website, but there's a website where you can monitor um, what rights to movies are being sold and traded. Ooh, and like a lot of them, like all, most of them, they haven't even started production yet. Like none of them have any content. They were just the rights. Mm-hmm. And Metroid was one of them. And Metroid kept moving around from like. I think it was like director to director or something like that, and it never really, you know, evolved into a movie. And maybe this is why I don't know. But um, I'm just glad that they finally made a cinematic experience. Metroid is the best place to be experimenting with this on. Mm-hmm. Other games, not so much. Well, like, especially you, when they're experimenting with the gameplay style too. When you're going from the switching yeah. the 2D to 3D and back and forth, yeah, might as well throw this. I mean, in. can you can you imagine Mario doing this? No. Sit down and watch the two-hour Mario movie. <laughs> like, oh, well, guess what happens. happens? <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, I'm, this is neat. I'm I'm interested to see how it plays. And if anything, even though it's kind of a risky move, it kind of motivates me to buy it. I was actually not sure if I was going to get this Metroid game because I, I still love the Prime series. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this this will make me try it. I'll, I'll buy a movie and a game in one package. There you go. Yeah, this is a day one purchase for me. I'm so excited yeah. for this. Hmm. Uh, it reminds me of the the Show Me News episode when you were on and we were talking about the Metroid movie where it's like, who should be the actress that plays Samus? And we're like, Jessica Alba. <laughs> exactly. She that should play the, it. She's perfect. Yeah, except she's less culturally relevant now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sad face. You'll still find someone else. That's a discussion for a different time. Mm-hmm. Forums. Get on it. 
Now, uh, Metal Gear Solid Rising is another game that's trying to take the franchise in a different direction. This one a little more so, talking about how Raiden became the wussy that everyone seems to hate on into the badass ninja that suddenly everyone loves in Metal Gear Solid 4. So it's about his path there. But there was the news that came out via ConnectedConsoles.com that the game, since it's you know its own entity and Kojima isn't really involved, it's unlikely to have many returning characters. Therefore, we know that the game takes place basically between 2 and 4 and what happened with Raiden, because 3 was in the past, of course. Um, but, Sorty, you had some opinions on this. Is it okay that they're kind of taking this, uh, this perspective with you know, not involving as many characters and it's as deep of a place into the canon? I'm perfectly okay with this. Um, I mean, we're, we're focusing on Raiden here. Uh, Kojima said that Snake's story is basically done, which is, you know, the, the numeric uh, Metal Gear Solid games. And they've, they've done those over and over um, and focused on those for a long time. So now that we're um, moving the focus to Raiden, he needs to, you know, he needs to be expanded, needs to come out into his own, into this game. Um, and he's, it, it's a side story, sure, but it needs to be fleshed out. And we need to explore different parts of the franchise and just of the story overall. Um, they can't tie too many uh, canon characters into this. Otherwise, it might mess up with continuity. It would. We know that the Metal Gear Solid story and all is complex. So if you throw too many elements in there, something might go wrong. So if you're looking for canon, just play Metal Gear Solid 4 again. It, it sounds mean, but that's what that game mainly was to tie up the story and it was so much canon so i i think this is a perfectly fine idea a good direction to go in to just flesh out and flesh out raiden's story and give him some focus i mean yeah see how he becomes a badass i'm sure there'll be a few characters that are important because you can't just say oh we're gonna have raiden and all these new characters because here's the thing, like you you have to consider it yeah, definitely its place in the canon. And the thing is, he meets up with Big Mama. So oh, she she's gonna be important. I'm I'm pretty sure that's that's what happened in part three of four. Um That would work out well, yeah. Yeah, so that I mean, that whole thing happens. I wouldn't be surprised if Naomi makes another appearance because of all like you know, the suit and everything, and she's a doctor and that kind of thing. But I, I wouldn't, you know, Otacon's not going to show up. Snake's not going to show up. Um, you know, characters like that, um, there'll be a couple, but not not that many. And, like, that, that is okay. But as long as you don't just say, like, oh, it's only Raiden and, uh, you know, all these, all these <laughs> new guys. Because, like, just barely looking at Peace Walker, they add so many characters to Peace Walker, that it's it's kind of mind-numbing. Yeah, this is more revolutionary than it is throwback to an already established and mainstream franchise. Now, now Buzz, I can't remember, have you played Metal Gear games before, or know much about it? I or? have not. Uh-huh. I don't, haven't really played any of them, but I will tell you this, that despite not being into the series, um, I've felt the hate for Raiden, or Raiden, mm-hmm. however you pronounce it, um, from the outside, like it's just it's, it bleeds everywhere. Everyone's like, "Ryan's so stupid." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> he runs around <laughs> naked. <laughs> <laughs> but they're making one for a 
3DS, I believe. Do they have any for DS? Uh, no, none for DS. Not for DS no. The, the okay. 3DS one is going to be, uh, most likely, it's going to be a remake of Metal Gear Solid 3 that was on the PS2. Yeah, I, I saw that they announced that at E3, so that'll be my first chance to really dive into the series. But because I don't have a PS3 or a PS2 or anything else, so <laughs> it's a fine place to start. Yes, indeed. Um, if you've ever seen The King of Kong, and if you haven't, go do so. Uh, but The King of Kong is basically a documentary about um, what is it? You know, Billy Mitchell is the Donkey Kong champion. You know, Twin Galaxies is a, a company that basically tabulates all the scores and makes things official. Basically, the world record holders, and they make things official. And uh, so Billy Mitchell is is the king of Kong. And you have this guy who's a little down on his luck named Steve Weeby. And uh, he's, he's a high school teacher, and his goal is to become the king of Kong, or king of Donkey Kong. So he's practicing, and, you know, he wants to beat this record, and... So basically, go see it if you're a gamer at all. You, you absolutely should see it, even though it's definitely retro and with Donkey Kong and all that. But the point of this is that, well, Billy Mitchell has the record again. And that's that's kind of sad. But here's the thing. <laughs> Steve Wiebe didn't have... I mean, he, he's taken the record back a couple times since the movie. And the thing was, he didn't have the record before uh, Billy Mitchell apparently took it back from him. I'm trying to bring up this article. I think it was, his name was like Dave Chen or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's just one of those things that you just throw out there that oh, Billy Mitchell has the Donkey Kong record and then he went and beat Donkey Kong Jr., beat that record as well. So Billy Mitchell's kind of known for being a jerk and uh, what else can you say? Anything else? <laughs> nope, that's, that's uh, okay. about all we need to say on that. Excellent. Mitchell <laughs> um, wins. <laughs> um, Scott Scott Pilgrim versus the World is a graphic novel series that has been turned into a video game recently. Just came out on the PlayStation Network and will be on uh, the 25th of August for Xbox Live. Uh, Ubisoft, I think, held the was doing the production for that game. Yep. Um, but it's you know more relevant because in a couple days it's going to become a movie. So it's going to be a mix of a graphic novel and a video game style movie. And it's apparently getting good reviews. I'm not so crazy about it because Michael Sarah is plays the role of Scott Pilgrim and he always just plays the awkward teenager even though he's about as old as I am. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I guess I'll, I'm going to go see it because I'm a little interested with the whole video game and retro style. But... I figured that was also worth a mention. Yeah. I think we're going to try out the game sometime just for, you know, nice beat em up action and see how well they really, you know, how how they explore that comic book slash movie feel into a video game also. And mm -hmm. uh, just see how the gameplay is, you know, and how it flows. Mm -hmm. So it'll be interesting to see, at least. Do you have thoughts on the movie buzz from whether it's the, the different previews or any of that? Yeah, I have a friend who's like basically hell bent on getting me to go see it, so <laughs> um, I'll probably be seeing it very soon. <laughs> but it looks really, really, really funny. I like the previews. Yeah, it's it's certainly an interesting premise, but I'm worried that it might get a little repetitive. Where it's just, I mean, there was some early reviews of it talking about like, oh, you know, the the basic simplicity of a video game story, and it's just like, 
I have objection. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. I mean, because yeah, the, the idea of you know the seven evil X's, and it's like, and the next one, and the next one, and the next yeah. one. Yeah. Well, maybe for a retro game, that's as basic as the story was, but eh, I wouldn't lump all video games in with that. Yeah, it was a pretty bold statement. <laughs> uh, Madden 11 was the, the big day was yesterday where even in New Orleans they had a parade for Madden and I guess Americans go crazy for Madden every year because it's football and it's the American sport but it always brings up the issue of is a football game or any sort of sports game is it really needed every year Why? yes uh, and no yes and no why do you say yes and no Buzz Yes and no. Well, yes, because you need to update the the stats and you know the mm-hmm. players and all the details. And so far, consoles have been really lousy at allowing content updates and patches. Yeah, well, so well, the only well, option they have is release a new game every single year. But on the other hand, no. If they would think it through now, now that they have big consoles with hard drives and they can just update it every year, mm-hmm. it's clearly a money grab at this point. Where it's yep. just let's make a new game this year. Let's make a new game this year, and yeah. That is the major thing because it is a money grab and it's a successful money grab. Yeah, I mean, it is. If you look at some of the what was it, the top twenty-five uh, top-selling Xbox three hundred and sixty games of all time, um, I think it was Madden 07, 08, and oh nine were all in that top twenty-five. Yeah. Like they really but, sell. But the the thing to keep in mind though, there is one good side to it, and this is again a, a slightly more technical aspect. But the one good thing about to the re- releasing these so often is that they can experiment with gameplay a lot mm-hmm. like I, I was into the fifa games a long time ago i have fifa 2002 still in my collection for gamecube and that was my favorite one yeah but for example i i 2003 came out and i went and, and got it because i was like oh cool it's the next one it's got to be bitter, bigger and better and blah 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 they completely remapped the controllers all the buttons were different I was like, what are you doing? And they, they tried all these new mechanics and all this stuff, and I didn't like it. But that's what made me think, ah, maybe that's why they do it. Is, they, you know, year to year to year, they can say, let's try this, let's try this, let's add this, let's tweak this, and see how people like it. And, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, some so things stick and some things go. I remember in Madden 06, they tried experimenting with the QB vision, where each quarterback had a, a cone of vision that you, know, you could move around before you throw, and it, it would represent, like, their their field yeah. of vision and it would you know change depending on their stats and you know if you threw it in the cone of vision it'd be more accurate and all that they kept it for a couple of years now it's gone and which yeah. is so yeah. so it is a money grab but yeah that, that's the other kind of stuff that kind of comes around is you'll see a lot of changes and sometimes those are good sometimes those are bad in mm-hmm. my case fifa 2003 was absolute garbage i went back and got 2002 back <laughs> but <laughs> Um, but I'm sure they've improved it, you know, since they have so many years of experience. Um, whatever the current version is, probably great. I haven't played it yeah. since 2002. But. The consensus on Madden 11 is that, you know, if you have, you know, 09 or 010, not worth oh, your money. Time. It's. Or, oh, 010. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> whoops. Um, <laughs> it is technically 010. Let's try that again. If you have 09 or 10, not really worth your money. Um, but if it's been several years since you've gotten a Madden game, it's it's solid enough to go pick yeah. it up and they've revamped a lot of stuff like they've got the locomotion system that they brought over from uh ncaa i was talking about earlier um they have you have a three-person co-op online where you can uh you know one person takes care of the quarterback one the running back and wide receivers also uh the linemen linebackers and the secondary so that helps with some you know cooperative uh, cooperative play of course you know headsets to communicate 
Um, so like some of those features are, are really nice, but if you compare it to 10 last year, not not as much. Um, but you know, it's still going to be a solid game overall. They're they're always solid. They're never really great, but they're always solid. So that's what I can say. And let's it's get bad. yeah. <laughs> let's get to the biggin for this week because it is certainly an interesting topic. I think all gamers kind of have their own little quirks with different games, but IGN recently came out with a a list of 12 of gaming's most obsessive moments. And so we'll be I'll be listing these off and we'll be talking about, you know, do we do these? Let's try you know, you're listening along. Let's try to to keep track of how many of these 12 you do and then there's a little rubric at the end um with, you know, how many you have and what's what's your overall score. I'm pretty sure I have all of them. But do you let's really? Wow. Um well, let's get to the first one. This first one is called Boss Door Bouncer. And it's basically, you know, when you're playing Mega Man and right before the door, before uh, the boss, you, you jump. You just jump, 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 jump. <laughs> I, I don't do There's this. There's a reason to it. It's not an obsession. I, I don't really do this one because I've never been crazy with Mega Man. Like, it's always been a struggle for me to play Mega Man. So I think for me to get to the boss door is enough of a victory in itself. And so <laughs> I don't find myself... Jumping and jumping and jumping. What you is jump the, and jump and jump? You, you gotta keep. You gotta keep your. Uh, you gotta keep your mind sharp. If you stop, like you, you start to relax and recede into your slow brain, slow brainness. I don't know what to call that. And uh, you just you gotta you gotta stay hyper and stay pumped. And so you jump, 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 jump until it's time to go fight. Mm-hmm. Keep your fingers moving quick. There's a rhyme. There's, right. a, there's a method to the madness. If you say uh, so. Let's just say that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's true. The next one they call Anxious Ammo Clipper, and it's when you see ammo lying on the ground in a first-person shooter, oh, and man. you you reload just to pick up the new clip, so you're you're fully maxed out, if that's yes. an option. Well, reload, sure, but yeah, what this. they're saying is that you're already full, you're already reloaded, mm-hmm. and then you just fire once, just so you can <laughs> yes. reload and pick it up. That's what they're saying. Yeah, so th- so I no, honestly don't do this. Even I do I this. <laughs> this is where we differ. I don't feel the need to do this one, but of course, reload and always, you know, keep your max. Yeah. But if, if the ground is like littered with ammo, then yeah, I'm gonna be there for an hour picking up each individual one. <laughs> but if there's just one sitting there, you, you, you bet your, you. Oh man, I have to shoot and pick it up. I can't explain it. <laughs> so yeah, I, this one I guess is the the shoot to pick up clips. I don't really do this one either. But then again, I don't play as many first-person shooters as most people do, so whoops. That's going to be a reason for a couple of these. Like, nope, don't do it because I don't play it. <laughs> so, But oh. some of these you can actually you can adapt to different games, I suppose. This next cool. one, yeah. yeah. This next one you gotta do. It's called Legendary Lawnmower. And it's <laughs> in, the, in the Legend of Zelda when you cut down the grass just to get whatever items you can. You're you're a lawnmower. You just got to cut all the grass. Even if there's one little bit, because you've cut all the, you, you got to cut it down. There might be something and behind it. Not all the grass. Dude, in Ocarina of Time, I will charge up my uh, spin attack to, all the way to the red, and then unleash it on these mm-hmm. on the grass. Yeah, absolutely, it's the, absolutely. It's, it's does one of the few one. times I can use that that ability. I mean, against most of the bosses and whatnot, there's not really an opportunity to use that. But out in the world, oh man, I'm. 
I'm spinning all over the place, clearing out. You mean you don't do the 360 on the analog stick and press B, the shortcut for uh, attack? You uh, don't uh, do that uh, one? No. <laughs> the red charge reaches farther. Okay. Kill more grass with one swipe. But yeah, I mean, if, if you play Zelda, you know you do this one. And if you don't, <laughs> you're lying. Yeah. Also, like, break pots in houses. Mm-hmm. You do it. Break their stuff. Yeah, you gotta, gotta break pots. Sure. Um, this next one, I believe, comes from Fallout, but it's it can be applied to other things. Called Heavy Inventory Hoarder. It says your pockets are completely, totally, absolutely full. You're traversing Fallout with the agility of Walrus, but that's not going to stop you from opening every single crate, barrel, and locker just to see what you can possibly fit in your inventory, right? Hoarder. <laughs> I do it. Yeah, I, I think it's, you, I think it applies to other games. Uh, you know, for if if items are lying around like chests or anything like that, you're going to open it. So I think that it's a pretty standard one that you're curious what's there, and so I think you could most likely just add one that one to the list, even though it doesn't. It applies to more games than Fallout. Well, this okay. and this is why I I really really dislike RPGs in particular that implement that extreme realism where oh you're carrying X items so you are slowed down by Y, and it's like uh, I like games like Diablo two and the like where they don't factor in any of that kind of stuff in. If you can carry it, you can carry it if you have the room. Right. So. If I see something on the ground I like, I'll rearrange and or maybe dump the lowest value thing to pick up that item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It should be but, just like Solid Snake. You're carrying like, you know, ten guns, a few rocket launchers, yeah. infinite grenades, <laughs> and you're not slowed down at all. You do like somersaults and stuff. It's like, exactly. But um, what was it? I think I played uh, Neverwinter Nights, and that's kind of, that was kind of my big, my first big hit with the whole encumberment mechanic of you are carrying too much stuff so you are slower i'm like i don't care this is important valuable stuff i'm not going to drop it i'm going to move and fight encumbered definitely i always came across the uh the bad side of it in mass effect it's not just like suddenly you are you're full sorry it gives you a warning it's like basically you have 15 uh, like you have uh 135 out of 150 items you better uh clear some stuff out i'm like no i don't want to have to take the time and then just Sell, 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 sell. But that's how you get all your money. So it's a good thing at times. But you should, you should, have you played Torchlight? No, I have not. Torchlight's fantastic. In Torchlight, you can, uh, you, in, in Torchlight, when you start the game, you choose a pet, either a dog or a cat. Um, and you can load your pet up with loot and send them to town to sell it. Nice. It's fantastic. <laughs> you're just like, here, take all this stuff, go give me some cash. <laughs> like, okay, and he leaves for like three minutes or five minutes, depending on where you're on the game. But That's awesome. It's really funny. Gear money. Gear money. Oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about the cash. It's money. Yeah. Next one here is called Gun Nut Wall Knock. Gun Nut Wall Knocker. So this is in Halo, where you're waiting for the lift, and you melee attack the wall. Wait sure. Oh, I skipped there it is. So, yeah. Sorty, you're the the Halo Halo player. I mean, super as well. But you're on the show now. Sure. You do, you do this occasionally. I'm not. I'm not. Do, I don't do it compulsively. Like all, I'll just like hit it. Or if like I'm running by a pillar, and it's it's just like standing in the middle of nowhere. I'll hit it. Sure. <laughs> but it's just like well, I was like, get out of here. You I'd, do it because you can. I do just, it. Yeah. I'd say that counts for you because that because it's there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it almost reminds me of like Metal Gear Solid, and it's it's not a compulsive habit, but just like I think from a, a non-Halo fan, it's just, like almost the stupidity of it. Like, have you ever really used? I'm sure on the higher levels of Metal Gear Solid, but like when you can knock and tap the wall to distract enemies' attention, 
do you really do that in Metal Gear Solid? So why would you do that in Halo? That's that's where I'm coming from. I I don't knock the wall with yeah. my gun. See, <laughs> you're, you're saying with Metal Gear Solid, there is an actual point to it. Yeah. That's that's the that's the thing. There is no point to it in Halo. We just do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, same with the next one. Oh, yeah. into. Well, the next one, next I'm sure three. all of us do. Everyone does. <laughs> it's, it's called Board Door Blast Addict, and this is definitely in Metroid Prime, where they use loading screens through the door, so you shoot at it. You think maybe, because you know, shooting at it to open, maybe if you shoot at it more, it'll open faster. You know those <laughs> Metroid doors will open eventually, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, we, some- we somehow think we're damaging it, and then, like, that it'll suddenly blow up and fall over or something. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. just, we just wanted to shoot it more. <laughs> Like, shoot at it to open, and then it doesn't open. It's like, I shot you. I'll shoot you again. <laughs> and again, and again, and again. I see it more of it as just a thing of impatience. Like, yeah. open, damn you. I'm trying to do well, a speed it, run. Just it's not go. just that, but also it's the fact that Metroid's one of few games where you have unlimited ammo of all your gun true, types. True, So you don't you don't feel any guilt whatsoever. You're just like, blam, well, blam, 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 blam. The first and the third, not the second. Aww. I know. Well, you can use your dark beam on and stuff and light beam, whatever, but mm-hmm. I still do it. <laughs> next one here. Next one's called Persistent Percentage Practitioner. And so this is where you... You know, you're a, a completionist. You have to, you know, get the 100% no matter what, even though this picture here on IGN says 107.5282% completed. <laughs> That's not possible. Okay, okay, admittedly, this is one that I don't have. Mm-hmm. Nope. I'm not a fan of percentages. I Occasionally, there'll be a game, like Metroid Prime 3, I think, as the first game, I was like, okay, I'll go for 100. But yeah. in most games, I'm like, I'm not going to go for it just because they asked me to yeah i don't know just me i, I think, it I think takes... i've only go for it sorry all right i think i've only really done this uh as i said in mass effect where i've really the original i've really gone through like to every world try to get like every item that's on the screen try to get my level as high as i can on the first run through because you can't really get the maximum level on your first playthrough you can get close like, the cap is 60. I think I've gotten to, like, 54, maybe, on my first run-through. But, I mean, you just try to explore everything that's there. But, like, Metroid Prime games and other stuff, like, um, other games where there's an actual percentage to it, no, I don't really try to get that 100%. I just, like, I, I do as much as I can. It's like, oh, that's nice, I got, you know, 74, or I got 82, but I don't have <laughs> to get 100 yeah. When I first beat the first Metroid Prime, I don't know how I did this, but I beat it with 51%. That's how much I missed. I was terrible. So that one I did go back, and I was like, uh, I'm going to try this again and find just a few more. Yeah. yeah. Once once you play 100% of like Metroid Prime or something, you'll remember a bunch of those. And if yeah. you come across it in a follow playthrough, it's like, fine, I'll get that one because I'm right here, and I can. Yeah. yeah. If it's out of the way, I'm not going to get it if I don't where have you to. have to like hit eight switches blow up ten crates move the crane lift the cage uh, and then get the missile expansion and <laughs> and morph ball tightrope walk yeah <laughs> I, I just wrote the uh that we had to do uh three triple bomb jumps in uh in the first Metroid Prime and uh, Magmore like in a row without missing any it was yeah. it was always interesting in the first one but with uh when they came out with the Wii version where you could just flip up the remote to jump that made it so yeah. much easier and it was just like, oh, that's not challenging anymore. That was disappointing. 
Yeah. Oh, well. I'm with you guys. Like, I'll try to do well with games, but like, I won't lose sleep if I'm missing that one little thing for 100. percent And it really, right. yeah, it does really depend on the game. Like, if I it see does. a percentage in like a game that I really don't care about, I'm not gonna say, "Oh man, now I gotta get 100 percent," even if it's for an achievement. Like, well, there's no point. Maybe if you're already at 99, then maybe you want to okay. get that one more. Maybe. Like you're missing a bunch, so screw it. That's exactly why I personally I'm an anti fan of achievements, the whole concept of achievements in games. Like I see why they're there and they're kinda cool, but it just drives me nuts. Like half the time I don't even know I'm getting them. Like I'll do something like, Congratulations, you got this achievement for being normal and I'm like, Okay, thank you. And then like they'll say But if you go here and you kill all these guys and don't take any damage, you'll get another achievement. And I'm like, "Uh, I don't care. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. The next one here is uh, Regular Race Restarter. Yes. Guilty. (laughs) Mario Kart for Super Nintendo, the original. Totally would do this. I don't think you missed the the initial boost when you accelerate at the right time. If you don't get the boost, I'm like, oh, forget it. Can't win. <laughs> I don't think it's just races. I think in other games, like if you're trying to do like a certain run through of it and it's, it's yeah. not, well, not like a full run through, but like of a certain part and you can restart. If you have the option to restart, you're going to restart. I do. Uh, this yeah. is one that I definitely go with. And Why watching, waste your time. Watching. Watching you know, Sword Hunter recently, a couple couple months ago, playing Mario Kart Wii, trying to get all the stars on the mirror races. Yep. If, if yep. you don't get first on any of them, you're going to restart the entire thing. Yep. Or even sometimes <laughs> if you do get first, and it gives you an A for getting you know, four first places. Like, what? It's awful. Yeah. I've gotten that before. <laughs> I get you know, 60 points, meaning got first place on all four races, I won by 20 points. Like, second place had 40 or so. And it gave me an A and not a star. <laughs> I, I, I did not understand it at all. Hmm. Game hates you. It does. But yep. I finally got it. So, yeah, restarting races, definitely. Definitely. I uh, got a few more here. This is another one that we just haven't played the game. So, when they say frequent furniture facilitator, and they're talking more about, like, Animal Crossing and what games that you have a room and you have to keep moving around your furniture. Um, yeah, I haven't yet because I just haven't played the games. Shush. <laughs> I don't know. Get this applied to Sims. Sure. Maybe. Yeah, it's a simulation I game. I mean, because Sim- Sims, I I play. I don't. Yeah, I don't play Animal Crossing at all, though. So mm-hmm. maybe. Well, the closest I would have would be uh, in Pokemon, where you have like a secret base or something. It's like, no, I don't mess with that. Yeah. You'll you'll get one. But you just won't ever touch it again. Yeah. And Platinum, they just gave me a villa in the resort area after the Elite Four. It's like, um, thanks, but the, all the furniture and everything is so expensive. I'm not going to do anything with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that one, probably not so much. Uh, constant clock stopper. One uh, dumping 130 hours in a game about a boy whose sister is a wizard that flees town after an evil emperor burns to the ground, or whatever RPG cliches are in motion. There's nothing more important than making sure the game recognizes your actual completion time down in the second. That's why you obsessively pause the game to stop the clock, right? You just can't help it. Mm, I, don't, um, I don't care about don't, the runtime. Yeah. Playtime, unless you're doing some sort of speed run, it has zero meaning. I, like, I right. don't care how long it took me. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm playing it. It's almost some of the opposite. I mean, 
it's some some of the opposite a little bit at times where it's like oh just I've put this many hours into it it's like an interesting number but also yeah unless it's a specific speed run then it's just like a, oh that's nice I oh I managed to do this in only this many hours but you're not gonna make it as accurate as possible down at the seconds like no it's just an approximate yeah. especially yeah. especially an RPG when it's gonna take you a hell of a long time anyway <laughs> right. Well, and if, what are you gonna you do when you're when you're 80 hours in and you forget to pause for 15 minutes while you go do your business mm-hmm. and, and like, oh no, I tainted it. I'd start all the way over and clean it out. And, yeah. Like just forget about it. Um, this one is called Save Slot Psychopath. Yes, I do this. <laughs> Would you like to create a new save? You know, saving at di- it's like save stating basically, uh, except yeah. on a, a memory card. Yep. I was gonna say that's where it applies the most is when you once you have access to save states, that's when you start archiving. You're like, I may want to back up to this step, so I'm gonna save another one. I'm gonna may want to back up to that step, so I'm gonna save another one. And you have like you use all your states, even though you only use the most recent one the entire time. <laughs> I mean, but. this is it. Really depends on how this you know the save uh, format is, because like if it's a Nintendo game and they usually like have only three you know different save uh, file states or whatever, then you'll just you'll save the same one over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. But Or even, like, with Pokemon or something like that. I save, like, all the time. But right. if it is a game, like, I think they're probably trying to, you know, you know, a reference here with Metal Gear Solid, where you can just always say, new save, new save, yeah. You have, like, all these different options. Because if you mess up, you can always fall back. And I think that's maybe what you can do on, like, a speed run. Because, like, if you mess up here, you can always go back and it'll calculate your... Your runtime differently? I don't know, but I, I definitely definitely do this one. Save, save, well, save. This may be why a lot of a lot of games will like lock you down to one. Like where you start a character, you start a campaign or whatever, and it'll lock you into that one forever. Like Diablo yeah. kind of does that. Mm-hmm. Borderlands does that. A lot of games um, will today will do that. They'll say you you control this one guy or this one campaign, and you save this one time. And so they take away that tendency and make you think about what you do rather than. Yeah, I'm just gonna archive 30 saves and just back up if I get in trouble. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's limited sometimes by like older handheld games or so, where they physically do not have the memory to allow yep. all those different saves. Like you have a max of three slots, top. Yep, you know. Phoenix Wright, one save. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Uh, the last one here out of the 12 that IGN recommends is Relentless Wand Grabber, and this is more of a, a Mario Bros. Three thing. Um, are you so, really so afraid that the wands in Mario Bros. 3 will shatter when they hit the ground yes. that you need to leap in the air and catch them when they fall or is it some sort of show of style that you must perform every time either way we know you can't help it so why bother telling you to stop grab it why because you're obsessive can this okay. apply to Sonic the Hedgehog at the end of act 1 when the spinning uh, thing is falling and you keep jumping at it in the air to get points yeah. and maybe th- I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yeah it's for that I'm going to say that applies for that game as well, because that's the same kind of idea as uh, you know, as in Sonic. So I'd, I'd tack that one on if you do Sonic as well. Um, I'll, in my defense, I had a friend, when I first played this game, I had a friend who tried to tell me that it would break if you didn't catch it. <laughs> uh, so to this day, I was like, you have to protect the wand. And then I've seen it bounce. I'm like, wait, no, you don't. But... I, I was probably like eight years old. I honestly just haven't played game. Mario 3 enough to have it be important because I am so bad at 2D Mario games. Uh, what? 
so bad. You didn't grow up on it. Oh, like I, I can't get, I, dude, dude, I can't get to World Three of New Super Mario Brothers. We by myself. I need to have it be co-op. <laughs> That's how bad I am. <laughs> They're fun games, and they are hard. So I'll admit that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just used. Oh, phone call. Oh, phone. Ring, ring, ring. Land, ring who has a landline, honestly? <laughs> um, so it says at the end here of the article, I ended up with six. And if you have three to six obsessions, you're fairly in control of your gaming habits. For now. All right, I'm on the next one. I have eight. Um, so you're teetering on some very crazy habits. We're actually a little worried about you. So... Oops. I disagreed with, I think, I can't remember if it was two or three of them, but I think I'm in the top group. Yeah. I'll have to go back and check and see which ones I disagreed with. But we'll just I'm say so. <laughs> just so we all have a different group. I'm in, so 10 to 12. in the top. <laughs> so you well, see. Well, a lot of them are true to me because it, it's just when I play games, I have to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just my, my tendencies. I see I see Tetris blocks in my sleep, and I'm tempted to shoot out security cameras at banks, and I jump around everywhere thinking it will get your places faster. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> jump everywhere? No, it's rolling everywhere. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good Zelda one, too, that you have to roll yeah. everywhere. <laughs> it is faster. <laughs> it is faster, but they, they took that away in the future Zelda games. They equalized yep. it with your walking speed. So. Oh, they did? Oh, I don't remember um, I know in Twilight Princess they do. It's like yeah. you roll. Well, maybe it's. I like, didn't think so. I thought it was still did it anyway. I it still, still I still roll oh. in Twilight Princess. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you do it, you'll notice that you oh the camera doesn't move any faster. So. Yes, that was my ringtone. <laughs> Sorry. Did you have to oh. answer it? Nope, I did not have to answer it because it was a it was a recorded message. Oh. So no. Not gonna well, do you want to tell that story on air? <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe for an Easter egg. Maybe okay. Um, but yeah, other other you know habits that you can think of. I thought of one for Pokemon, where um, I still to this day, and I don't know if anyone else does, when attacks are launched, I always hold B, you know, or A and B, or A and B. Yeah, but I I, I do B personally, and I still do. The uh, when you're catching a point, uh, some variation of like being down, being up, being s- rotate around the D-pad. I still do that. Oh my nice. god! I have a voicemail. That's gonna be an Easter egg. <laughs> um, but or you or like left and right, you know, some little tick that you know back in the days of red and blue, and they you know put put it up online as a cheat that like. Oh, it helps you with critical hits, or oh, it helps you catch is a better ratio. It doesn't, but I still do it. Um, also in fighters, also like Smash. Whenever I think of a move that I haven't used in a while, I will yeah. make sure to use it and have it land. <laughs> I yep. do that too. Now that you mentioned Me it, too. Yopi. It's just like, I, oh, I haven't done this. I'm gonna, get, I'm gonna land it right. Even now. if it's to the point of spamming it to make sure it lands, <laughs> yeah. you, you, you got it. You got to well, do it. A lot of people in Smash, particularly competitive Smash, um, 
all have the habit, you've probably seen, that whenever someone KOs somebody, while they're waiting for them to come down again, they're sitting there and they're shuffling or wave dashing right, or something right. just, or da- just to dash pass dancing, time. Yeah. They're all scooting around to look cool while they're waiting. Like, look, I'm on fire, I'm on fire. And then you come down and KO them. And yeah, whatever. I wave dash when uh, someone yeah. is getting a new stock. I do it. Mm-hmm. It's just good practice. Yeah, might as well. I'd say my my addition, even well, it kind of fits in with ones that already exist in the list. But my addition was the the grabbing rupees in Zelda, even though you're full. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I'm part of a Facebook group that's called that. It's called I grab rupees even though my wallet's full. Nice. <laughs> so awesome, but it's just yep. true. You see rupees like it's money, and I don't want anyone else to have it. I just I have to have it. Fine. Mm-hmm. We already but covered the Sonic no, one. That was uh, I mean, if you're getting to an end of the level, and you know, there's that spinning. I don't want to call it a gate at the end. Uh, instead of just running on the ground through it, which is boring, you jump in the air. It meant mm-hmm. something in the beginning because you would you know, go to a bonus stage or something. Yeah. But even now that it's not there, you still jump over it <laughs> and it clears. Still, you cross that plane. You broke yeah. the plane. So. Or I think in like more recent Sonic games where they have the homing attack, I homing attack to get myself into a run because it's it's faster. Instead of just like holding it, holding, you know, run down to slowly accelerate or doing the spin dash like that's what i was totally doing in sonic 4 like when i was playing it at e3 just you know homing attack gets you going much faster and maybe they'll tweak it so that the acceleration's faster they probably will speaking of sonic apparently there's some been some big sonic news but we're going to be getting a it's your turn eventually from a super and tony th so i just wanted to throw that out there um other addictive habits the only ones i could think of were the pokemon and the the fighter one um, I would for Guitar Hero. So I'm just looking at the games I have here. So if it looks really weird on Stickham, I'm looking at all the games I have. I mean, for Guitar Hero, I'm not so much of as like a perfectionist for like uh like to hundred percent it. But like if I know I hundred can hundred percent it, and I mess it up, I will sometimes restart. And I guess that's like the similar thing with like the race. If you can yeah. restart, you'll you'll restart. Um, I have a nervous twitch from a uh, Wii Tanks. Actually, my wife and I both do. Tanks. Um, be- between the levels, whenever you complete a level and you're on that little transition screen where it goes da 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 da, during that part of the da 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 da, we'd go- we'd start at the bottom of the screen with our Wiimotes and go to the top and wave them at the top to match the the horn. Mm-hmm. It's just one of our little quirks we do between levels. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another small one. Um, excuse me. That uh. Back to Halo, not just I mean like meleeing walls and stuff, but instead of just running, you you jump, you constantly jump. Mm-hmm. You look retarded. I'm sorry for the word. Like you look absolutely ridiculous, just jumping constantly. But and I don't think it makes you go any faster. It's just instead of running, boring running because you can't roll or anything or sprint until reach. But you just you jump, hop, hop, hop. I think that, I think that's for a lot of games. Like yeah. just running is boring. You got to do something yeah. else. Isn't running faster in a is it Counter Strike? Was it Quake? I don't remember which it, one. But it was one of the type of bunny hopping. Counter Strike. If you have a knife out, apparently you're faster. So got my knife. Why are you carrying a knife? What? You're faster when you have a knife. I run faster. <laughs> oh, that shot. So I think those are about all that we can think of. Let's get into some mail time. Uh, first one comes from Epsilon125. He also has the It's Your Turn this week. Wow. Gasp. What are some titles on your list of shame? 
as in really popular or famous games that you've never played? Uh, Buzz, well, start with this uh, one because Sordi and I kind of have a similar <laughs> list. We have a lot. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Uh, well, you all know I don't play Pokemon at all, and I haven't played Metal Gear, and I haven't played Dark Knight. No, not Dark Knight. Arkham Asylum. <laughs> and let's see. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't really missed any major, major series. I am late to Half Life. You can't count that. I started playing Half-Life 2 for the first time this year. Oh, man. Even though it came out, like, oh, what, 2004? Yeah, it was a long was time too. ago. Yeah. I'm late to Phoenix Wright, but I am playing it at least. Yeah. Um, other big game. I know there's games... If, if there's anything on PS3 or Xbox exclusive, I probably missed it. Like, I'm, I'm down and out on Final Fantasy games now. I've played the old ones, but not the new ones. Um... List of shame, list of shame. I think it's about it, but yeah, there's a lot of big games I'm, I'm behind on. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, let's think about ours. We haven't oh, played God. Final Fantasy. Correct. That was the, you know, the the main question. He was just like, like Yoko has with Final Fantasy. Nope, never played Final Fantasy. Yeah. Uh, the the stick, amp can, uh, stick amp people are going to be so mad at us for these, but they probably already know most of them. But Pikmin. Still. Oh, God. Fire Emblem. Oh, I, haven't played, I haven't played Pikmin or Fire Emblem. Yep. Um, Darkrai lent me um, or gave me ROMs for Fire Emblem, and sorry, I still haven't played them yet. I've been doing other stuff. So I'll get to them eventually, but not yet. Um, even though you mentioned it, Counter Strike. Uh, I have CSS, and because I bought it for uh, Half Life 2 Deathmatch, and I still haven't played it yet. I also bought. Um, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 for $7 for PC. Haven't played it yet. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> Let's see, I've, I've played some Splinter Cell games. I mean, I played uh, Chaos Theory, and um, I saw that the next game to it, Double Agent, was on Steam for $5. Like, oh, sure, let's pick that up for $5. Haven't played it yet. So, I'm oh, Ad, Ad got a war to my list. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have got a war. Oh, I have... Grand I'm, Theft Auto the, 3, I'm the same as Sorty in that I buy games sometimes and I haven't touched them. Yeah, I have purchased Morrowind, Elder Scrolls 3, and I haven't played it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we have Grand Theft Auto 3, never played Grand Theft Auto. I have God of War here, never played God of War. Um, I still have to play Persona 3. Um, what else? Animal Crossing we've never played. Yep. Uh, Kirby. Kirby we've Sorry. never played. You've never played any Kirby games? No. No. Like, hey, I've, no, I've, no, I've, hey, I've hey, played, hey, played a game. Yep. Smash, Brothers. Smash Brothers. <laughs> played. What? Yeah. So, you used that one, so we got to use it again. Uh, Persona games haven't played. Um, I mean, there are a lot. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. That's, a un- lot. that's unfortunate. But, okay. and again, that's those are our, our Johns. I mean, it, not having. In all, in all fairness, I mean, games are not like movies. Movies, you can say, oh, I've never seen it. Someone can lend it to you. You can burn through it in an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Games, they take a lot of commitment. You can't play all games in the world, even if they are super popular. True. But it's, yeah, you, there's, there's so many games out there and so much, so little time. It's tricky. Oh, that's true. I did try Kirby Epic Yarn, so I can't say any Kirby game. But, like, I, I, can. I haven't played well, Superstar like and played I, Adventure. I've the, the Kirby for the original Game Boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't remember what the name of it was. I think it was just Kirby, but yeah. Not Nightmare in Dreamland. Nightmare in Dreamland. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was thinking another. Okay, here's one that I don't think I've ever mentioned on the podcast, but I may have. 
I've told you guys a lot of things on the podcast, gaming-wise. I haven't really played beyond the first level of the original Super Mario Brothers. Yep. Um, and Mario 3 and Mario World. I mean, Mario I've 1, ca- forgivable. I've, Mario 3, you have to play. I mean, I've kind of explained that already because I'm just so bad and it's I get very frustrated with you know those kind of games especially, but it, they're the, the classics and I've only played like the first level at max. In my opinion, no Mario game has matched the Mario 3 hat set. Like, they've all they've done different things in each game, and none of them, in my opinion, are as fun. Tanuki Suit, Hammer Suit, mm-hmm. and Frog Suit. Those were, like, the most innovative and the most fun to use. New Super Mario Bros., mm, fun game. Propeller Suit's boring. Penguin Suit's kind of fun. I like the Penguin Suit. But yeah. just, yeah, you need to play Mario 3 all the way through. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, we'll next try. question. These cu- next couple questions are kind of going to veer uh, away from video games, but there's still the overall nerdiness that makes us awesome. It's a split question from the Debaga and Major Moses. A lot of sites like One Manga are legally forced, being legally forced to remove their scans and such. Do you think this is a sign of manga becoming nearly as readily available here as it is in Japan? Do you think things like manga scans should be tolerated if the media has not released them outside of Japan, or do you think legal action is justified either way? Also, if it became possible to find manga over the internet and your only option to finish a series would be to buy it, would you? Alright, so let's take each of those questions one by one. It's obviously a manga-heavy question. A lot of sites like one manga are being legally forced to remove their scans and such. Do you think this is a sign of manga becoming nearly as readily available here as in Japan? No. It cannot become even close to available here in America as in Japan. In Japan, it's huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, l- let's honestly be real here. Japan is where manga started, and it's there's so many titles. Why do you think we have to get them translated? Because they're all f- coming from Japan. I mean, I would say in the past few years, several years, they've definitely increased in popularity in the United States. But no, that's not a a valid comparison to say it's becoming almost as popular as in Japan or readily available. And if you're talking about online, online, there's no difference. It's the World Wide Web. It's a worldwide thing. You can, anyone can access it. So there's no local distinction there really on the internet. Yeah, I mean, it's it's our way to experience other titles and, you know, other shows with subtitles for anime and and just different media outside of the home country in Japan. Like, I mean, if it's if it's in Japanese and if you can't understand Japanese, then you're you're out of luck unless someone translates it. And that's the way to have your fan base grow, I guess. I mean, until it's released here. That's the other part of the question. But, I mean, it's understandable because it gets more people, I mean, a fan of the work. But, I mean, you have to support the, uh, the original producers and authors and artists for, for their work. I understand it. Mm-hmm. Well, but I could rant about this for hours, but I won't. But it, we, we live in a, a time now where companies are taught somewhere by someone that if you can sue, you need to. 
whether it's in their best interest or not, even if they offer that product or sell that product or even if it's doing no damage or whatever, it's just that's what companies do now. But even if it's a market where that, does, that product doesn't exist, they don't even plan on bringing it to market, they're just taught you need to sue everyone. Everyone who has it, just sue them and shut them down and send deceased letters and everything. And, yeah, it's just it'll, it'll never stop. It's just kind of the, the times we live in now. So oh, That, that kind of reminds me of uh, a follow-up to last week's topic that we discussed of uh – Chugga Conroy's YouTube being taken down, it's it's back up now. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's, that's good. excellent for him. Um, so the second part of the question is, do you think things like manga scans should be tolerated if the media has not been released outside of Japan, or do you think legal action is justified either way? I mean, that's kind of what you were just talking about. I really see valid points for either one. Uh, legal action is technically justified because it is technically illegal yeah but at the same time like you have a massive audience and there's only a certain amount of outlet for it and you're it's going to be very difficult to stop them regardless well and my favorite quote i read from an article a long time ago was if your customers are serving your customers better than you are you fail at your business (laughs) and that's really what's happening here and it happens all over the place with piracy and stuff Mm -hmm. is you have these instances where the customer's like, well, we have ways of getting in ourselves. So if you're not going to get it to us in a timely fashion, we're going to take action. That's what happened particularly with uh, with Brawl when it came out here, but it wasn't out in Europe yet. Yeah, They all just started pirating it. And it wasn't because they were evil, dishonest thieves and they were going to try and destroy Nintendo. It was because, well, you guys decided to make us wait six months or however long it was, and we're going to get it now because we can. <laughs> so... Right. I think that applies here. Like, like, like you just said, le- legally the law is on their side, and they can, you know, stop this and sue people and or do whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, in terms of a, I guess, an, in terms of making smart decisions, business decisions, it's better not to because either that or they just need to get the manga out faster, get it to the customers yeah. faster, so they don't have to resort to this. But that's what happens yeah. when you take when you don't when you don't give customers what they want, they'll get what they want somehow. So, yeah. So this next I don't, part's I don't, I don't. I guess. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't feel sorry for them. Yeah. So, Tony, do you have any additional thoughts? Not really on this topic. I touched on it with the previous one. Is yeah. that you'd be killing your fan base outside of the the host the home country. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's shooting yourself in the foot. I understand it legally, but I mean, it's it has drawbacks. Yeah. So, Major Moses' part of the question is also if we came. If it became impossible to find manga over the internet and your only option to finish the series would be to buy it, would you? I'd say it depends on the series. Um, if, you're reading a, if you're reading a lot of series, and like, you're going to spend money on the ones that mean the most to you. If you're just reading ones for, you know, craps and giggles, you know, I'm trying to be polite there, um, you're not necessarily going to buy, buy the money. And I'm not that hardcore of a manga person to spend money on graphic novels. So I, I think some of it I would just eventually figure out. Like I just randomly abandoned Bleach, and like I was keeping up to date really on the on the Bleach manga. But then they did some silly stuff, and I just randomly stopped. And it's been you know no sweat off my back. So it's not like I would have paid for it if Bleach you know stopped yeah. becoming available online. I yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of not really the same way, but the the two online manga series that I'm currently following is are Bleach and Naruto, and they're the ones that have dozens and dozens of volumes out. So if I was to, 
invest in these actual physical graphic novels, it would be so much money out of my pockets that like it wouldn't be fiscally worth it or financially um, same thing. So, like on the other hand, I love the Rurouni Kenshin manga, and I can say that yes, I own all twenty-eight volumes of the Rurouni Kenshin manga. So like I have bought an entire series before, but for the ones that I'm currently buying, no, I'm not gonna you know spend money for you know what I don't know how many it is at least like forty, maybe fifty probably now on volumes it's gonna be it's just not worth it. Yeah. But you're an evil person, and you have to give up your money. At times. <laughs> evil at times. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I just think that's the point they're missing. They, th- they always look at these, these statistics and like, look at all the money we're losing. We should go get them. And then they, what they do is they block it everywhere, and then they find that no one's interested anymore. Right. Like, why do manga? That's, that's the part of the question, though. If it became impossible to find manga over the internet, you could extend that question into other forms of, you know, piracy and all. If you'd be able to well, and, find, you know, plus, games or, you know, uh, shows that have been leaked online, you're not going to stop everything. You're willing to try, like YouTube. Oh, they're afraid of copyright, so they're just going to block plus, everything. There's no. always value in print versions, whether it's books or comic books or manga or whatever. Yeah. There's always value there. So it's, it's really in your best interest to let the people online just share it. Because, yeah. yes, a lot of people will read it online for free and, you know, that they're going to do that. There's nothing you can do to stop that. But by doing, by letting that happen, you'll get people who say, "I want to have this on my shelf." You know, I don't, want, I don't want to have to boot up my computer to look at it or share it with somebody. I just want to have the original things. They'll buy it, and so, you know, someday they'll figure it out. But we'll see. It's, it's things like music and stuff that are suffering because music is like superior on your iPod or computer. There's right. no reason to buy the CD. So it's mm-hmm. like. Those are the ones that struggle Except if more, you're an but... audiophile and you're like, oh, well, the quality is clearly better in record form. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but with manga and that kind of stuff, in my opinion, they don't need to worry. They, they just need to let it go and say, you know what, this will only increase sales when we do come to market because you'll have these fans that say, I want this one or I want this one or whatever. Mm-hmm. It'd be so. easier if the, if the industry embraced it. Like if certain companies, you know, they, they probably do. But, I mean, like have websites where, you know, you pay for and to watch this and to read this chapter. So even if it's something like pay five cents to download this file of the new the chapter that just came out. If it's cheap enough, yeah. someone's gonna do it. They're going to do it. If you want yeah. some money, then embrace it. Don't try to stop it. Yeah. When you I mean there are literally authors and other and lots of people on, that go on the record saying the internet is the worst thing to happen to society ever. Like really? Mm-hmm. That's really what you think? No. Like you need Umbrella to just statement. die right now. <laughs> so Sony has been quoted. Well, I guess I should say a guy at Sony because uh, Sony obviously makes internet products. But mm-hmm. say there was a, there was a exec at Sony or something like that that said that nothing good has come of the internet. That was his exact line. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> liar. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> but anyway, um, we're gonna have this be the last mail time question because I accidentally put four on here. Whoops. Um, I added one. <laughs> oh, you did? That's what you did. I, I thought I put three. <laughs> See, people go get a Dropbox. It is awesome. Yes. Dropbox. Um, this last merged question from uh, MopTop11 and Brandut. What are your favorite movies of the year so far, and what do you look forward to seeing? 
Brandett's part of the question is, as a film student or a person interested in film like yourself, are there any filmmakers that inspire you the most? Uh, favorite movies of the year? I'd say Inception's up there. Um, I'm not going to say I'm not going to say Inception is the greatest movie of the last ten years, and it's going to be legendary and all that stuff. But like, it was a good movie. Um, it, Toy Story three was excellent as well, but I still prefer Inception over Toy Story three. Um, as to what I'm looking forward to seeing, I could list things I'm not looking forward to seeing. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm kind of interested in Scott Pilgrim. Um, I'm not interested in um, what's it? The Expendables. I honestly don't care about washed up stars that are trying to get their last hurrah before they fade out into nothingness. Um, I'm not looking forward to Yogi Bear. <laughs> who has... There's a Yogi Bear movie? Oh, there, oh, it's awful. There is a Yogi Bear movie. Like with, live? like Or like 3D? Com- or computer, what? Like, computer in 3D. Yeah. I action. totally missed this. That's terrible. Dan Aykroyd... <laughs> As yeah. is voicing Yogi Bear, and Justin Timberlake is voicing Boo Boo, and they <laughs> see it came up on Dig, I think, as what the the poster was. The poster was like <laughs> Yogi's head above Boo Boo's head, and like it was like a tight shot, but it looked like a really suggestive position. And the tagline for the movie is, "I kid you not, great things come in bears." Just, just, just think about that. Great things come in bears. <laughs> no comment. No comment, yeah. indeed. So, I, I'm, <laughs> so I'm not looking forward to that movie. I, I mean, there's there's just a lot of movies that I'm looking at and be like, nope. Did you see Karate Kid? Nope. You been Kung Fu Kid? No. I, I didn't see Mar. <laughs> I didn't see Marmaduke. I didn't see cats and dogs. The Revenge of movie. Revenge of Kitty Galore. Doesn't um, uh, Harry Potter Seven Part One come out? That's true. Wait, I am yeah. okay. I'm looking forward to that. Because you, if if you've seen all the others, you have to see it through. Yeah. Are you going to see the Guardians? The Legend oh of the Guardians. Oh my or, god! Or whatever that's called. <laughs> Legend of the Guardians: The Owls of Gahul. Oh, Kerbatu mm-hmm. just mentioned Clash of the Titans. Clash of the Titans was good in certain areas and terrible in others. Did you guys see it? No. I kind of want to. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying have to Have you seen away. the original? No. The, if you, okay, you have to see the original the to make the proper comparison. The yes. new one um, did a great job on graphics and action, as usual, because that's what we do in the modern age. But it kind of butchered the story. If you're a fan of the original, it was terrible. Kerbachu, I'm sorry, but the original had a way better fleshed-out story. The new one... Fun to watch, but the story, like a lot of the dialogue, was just destroyed. And it, yes, exactly, Clash <laughs> of the Titans. And uh, there were scenes that were in the first one. They did a good job of, of explaining what's going on and making it sound very emotional and very serious. In the remake, they compact. They would take like 15 minutes of dialogue and compact it in like 30 seconds. And so there was none of that emotional kick, and you didn't really care about any of the characters. Hey, you so, know what? That entire rant uh, just made me think of Last Airbender. <laughs> Straight up. I mean, good visuals. They did some things right of, you know, comparing to the original uh, original source material. But the dialogue, 
some of what they chose to put in, what they didn't. Just awful. And Yoko yeah, rants on that already, but yeah. just that the entire rant. It's like, hey, that sounds like Airbender. That sounds like Last Airbender. That sounds like Last Airbender. Writers <laughs> these days, they yeah. just, uh, I don't know, they've gotten caught up in the, the micro-blogging atmosphere where shorter is better and people don't have attention spans anymore, so mm-hmm. they're just like, I I here save you! I here to be good and save you and be save princess. And yeah. The one thing that uh, has been mentioned a number of times with Inception and that, yes, we liked, is that they did the, uh, I want to say graphics, but it's special effects really well, and they didn't feel the need to put it in 3D. Mm-hmm. They kept it 2D oh, and still did goodness. a phenomenal job with it. The 3D craze is just killing oh. me. Yeah, it's pretty bad. You know, it's another I movie that does not this. need to come out. <laughs> Manny McPhee returns. I yeah, know. <laughs> the first one is actually okay. I kind of like the first one, but yeah, I don't see the need for a sequel at all. And God help me if there's another Shrek movie. Oh, no. I I am... <laughs> I haven't finished the third one, and I heard there was a fourth one, and I was like, no, no more Shrek. Or what, you guys also heard the thing about the Justin Bieber biopic that's being done, <laughs> like, in 3D, and uh, it's... But I did, get, I did see him get hit in the head with a water bottle. That was awesome. That was an amazing that video. Was a great video. It was from, like, half... It's like half the crowd away. It was an amazing throw. Headshot. It, like, the, the throw is off screen, but you can tell it's from far away. And it's a headshot. And it's really impressive. And of course, his reaction is pretty lame. Uh, let's see. As a film student or a person interested in filmmaking yourself, are there any filmmakers that inspire you the most? I, it took me a long time to think of this answer, but I'd say it would be Alfred Hitchcock. And here's an example of why. When I was, you know, starting to do the whole film student class load kind of thing, we actually worked with a film camera, like, you know, loading film and shooting on film. That means lighting everything and making sure that the, the exposure is good because if you mess up, you, you're you done. You Like, you can't... There's, like, really no, no do-overs with your film. So we were doing, like, this kind of thriller sort of thing it was only like for a few minutes long but there was a, sh- a shot i wanted to do because it'd be it'd be perfect with you know th- this woman running down the hall and i wanted to get the impression that you know the hallway's kind of being warped behind her and if you know stuff about film you know the technique would be called a contra zoom where basically you um you basically dolly the camera back while you're zooming in, or any, you know, mish- mishmash of the two, it's called a contra zoom, and it, it gives you that effect where, like, the the the, uh, the foreground is kind of in focus, but then everything behind it is kind of, like, messed up, something like that. You, you've seen the effect before, but it's it was created by Alfred Hitchcock in Vertigo, when um, Jimmy Stewart's character is looking down from you know the top of a building and he has a fear of heights he has acrophobia so like everything is really just stretching out and it's it's a, definitely a camera effect that had inspired me when i was doing some basic filmmaking and that's totally from hitchcock and he's just a fantastic filmmaker altogether yoko's my inspiration Aww, oh. how sweet i don't make films so <laughs> <laughs> yep 
<laughs> I mean, I make YouTube videos. That counts. There you go. You Maybe. do good YouTube. I saw what was the, like the latest one that you're doing with the the card engine. Yeah, still working on that. Make a virtual 3D table uh, card table. So cool. I mean, do I, I never really got into Star Wars, but it, I'm sure it can be applied to to other oh, yeah. things. It, I'm making it generic. It'll it'll definitely work with whatever graphics you put on the de- the decks or whatever. So. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this plate, this uh, recording thing, and it's still recording, but it says one record errors. Oh, that's not uh, good. That is not good. Well, we can uh, can wrap this up right now. Um, Thank you, Sword Hunter, for being on. I know it was a, a tedious uh, request to accept. Absolutely. I always dread every time you ask me to be on this <laughs> tedious, tedious show. I have to do so much research and so much preparation. That Don't I worry. All the time. We, we pay our guests twice as much as the hosts. Yep. We'll get your check next month. <laughs> Yay. Yeah, yeah. Money. So, thanks. <laughs> And it sounds like Kadri needs to be gotten to, but we enjoyed her xylophone playing. Yeah. <laughs> she, oh, the world explodes. Oh, the world is a terrible, terrible place. Aww. Oh, tell the whole world how you feel. Oh. But thank you, so Buzz. Thank you, Buzz. Depressing. Thank you for being yeah, on no and uh, making time on a, a weekday morning after no coming problem. back from your vacay. Yeah, from SoCal, the land of Smash, technically. Even though I didn't Smash once, but... Right. <laughs> Dark Rise, I, I, was te- gonna... I was tempted to look for a... They, they usually have, what, what do they call it, the, the Smash bi-weeklies or whatever in SoCal. Oh, yeah. And I didn't look for one this time, so... <laughs> hey, calm down. I'll, I'll, I'll de-mic, but yes, it's always a pleasure to be on. For sure. And with that, I am Yoko. I am the Buzzsaw. And I'm Sword Hunter. Before we get to an Easter egg of Yoko Make time, let's pass it off to this week's. It's your turn. This week's It's Your Turn comes from Epsilon125, centering on Rock Band 3's pro mode and its impact on the gamer and musician spheres. Definitely an interesting, interesting topic if you're uh, interested in rhythm games. By the way, he wrote this uh, rant, and I will be reading it for him. After E3, most of us are aware that Rock Band 3, as well as adding keyboards and new songs, will feature a much-touted pro mode that will allow players to learn how to play their instruments for real. However, what effect will this have on the game's sales, and how much of a change will it be for the average rhythm game fan? Also, because I'm a huge musician, like Yoko, what effect will this have on the music industry and musicians? First off, let's examine how pro mode will affect the gamers. Now, the average casual gamer that picks up Rock Band 3 just for parties will probably not even use or have no knowledge of the pro mode, much less be willing to pick up new peripherals just to play it. Now, the more hardcore Rock Band fans might have varying degrees of reaction to the new mode. A few might try it just out of curiosity or out of hope to conquer the top difficulty. However, real musicians know that actually playing guitar is worlds away from its video game counterpart. That's why I feel that the majority of people who play this game will avoid pro mode entirely because maybe it's playing it once or twice, or sticking on easier medium just to justify buying the peripherals. However, I think that two types of people will push on to actually learn to play the instrument for two different reasons. As a musician, first hearing about Rock Band 3's pro mode made me excited, and it would allow people who have been playing rhythm games for years and have developed a love of music to play music for real. And I'm sure that a good amount of people would fit this description. They'll play Rock Band 3 first as amusement, 
then as a kind of music tutor software, then as a sort of compilation of song transcriptions, then finally laying down their five button axes and wanting to play without the aid of the game. However, a much more cynical approach presents a bleaker vision. Going back to my earlier point about people wanting to play the highest difficulty possible, how many people will learn the new mode, and then the entire instrument, not to become a musician, but to become the best they can be at rock band? Some people will learn this new mode just so they can boast being able to play on Pro Expert. How hard is it to vision YouTube videos of people playing Through the Fire and Flames on real guitar, but instead of showing the gamer playing the instrument, the filmmaker is much more preoccupied with showing how he hit 98% of the notes, unaware that he could just easily land a spot in a local rock band with the skill he's developed. Perhaps I'm just being cynical, but I will definitely pick up Rock Band 3 as a way to practice my real-life skills while playing with friends on plastic instruments. Anyway, thanks for reading this rant. Mm, frosted flakes are good too. Well, they're more than good. <laughs> they're great. I'm a Crispix, Crispix man myself. Crispix. I don't think we ever got into Crispix. I've yeah, I've only like heard of it, never tried it. Yeah. I like oatmeal squares. Um, oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. They're, they're expensive though. Yeah, they are expensive. Muffin top cereal. That's like superbly unhealthy, but really tasty. Never heard of muffin top cereal. Oh, it's so good. Cookie Crisp, when we heard of. Didn't really get into it. I get, um, that was one where, like, puffs oh my, yes. for dessert. Yep. Yes. And I can't yep. eat that for breakfast. I, I had it actually this morning. <laughs> no, you, had, no you, had a, you had a spin-off. Yeah. I admittedly, I did. Because you get, like, a the local no. grocery store off-brand. Yeah, Kroger off-brand. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Remember they had French Toast Crunch, too? Yeah, what happened to French Toast Crunch? I don't remember. It doesn't oh, tell, one. I don't continue it. I one. had it, it was good. Kadri's mm-hmm. um, uh, nomming on an Eggo waffle. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> we just toast one up and just hand it to her, and she's like, yes! Just walk around the whole blouse, just nom, 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 Absolutely. Nom. Great. Uh, another staple for us, um, life. You and cinnamon. Staples. Yeah, staples for breakfast <laughs> and easy buttons. No life. I oh man, I love life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cinnamon life. There needed to be more cinnamon life in the world. Yep. Oh, golden grams. I love golden grams. We had those occasionally. Not, not, oh man, they're, they're so not good. Too well. you oh, know, back in the day though, honeycomb. Honeycomb for sure. Oh, Absolutely. honeycomb. <laughs> And so another good. another good one that we have a couple boxes sitting up in the basement because it got terrible once uh, <laughs> once they you know they started doing the whole less sugar because yeah. we're gonna be more alphabets Save the children alphabets were yeah. amazing yeah they're great but like they take the sugar out of it and it's oh my it's oh my it's awful gross it's awful I don't know what it's officially called it's not just like hang on sugar. guys hmm. yeah. 
gotta take care of the bull. But for yeah, sticking people and all. But uh, I don't think I think the problem was that it wasn't like sugar reduced like Fruit mm-hmm. Loops did. It was like thirty percent less or something. For I, Alpha, I, I, they, I, I, they just took it out. Yeah. No sugar. I want to say it was either that or it was like one third the sugar. Okay, yeah, like down to thirty three percent. Yeah, or less. It's it's repulsive. Mm-hmm. Fruit mail at the door. Fruit Loops yeah. are is like a cereal that I always like look at it and I think like I don't remember liking Fruit Loops that much, but then Fruit I Loops eat it. But, but then I eat it and it's like okay, this isn't bad. But it's not very filling at all. Like. You finish the bowl and you're like, "Did I just eat anything?" It's like, oh, yeah. those are nasty. All right, they're gross. <laughs> we never. Like I don't think we ever bought Lucky Charms. Yeah, never, never. Lucky crazy. Charms are made of men. Yeah, like, I'm like not them. against them, but we just it was not one of the ones that we. Another cereal yeah. tricks was one that like I don't no. think we ever like got that into. But uh-huh. it, it's okay. Wait, is Trix the one that started off as balls and then went to like fruit shapes? Yeah. Over yeah. time. Now now they're fruit shapes. Oh, but you remind me, Kicks. I love Dude, Kicks. Kicks, <laughs> Kicks is like <laughs> amazing. Kicks is always advertised as like a little kid cereal, but it is like the greatest thing. <laughs> Kicks is so good. Oh man, That's I forgot awesome. about Kicks. I haven't had Kicks in forever. I know. What happened to that? We find a box next time we go shopping. Sometime we're buying them. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, just one box. It's kid tested, mother approved, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> Apparently, according to Psycho Wing, tricks are balls again. <laughs> they went back. Uh, that's... I wouldn't. I don't. I didn't yeah. like that one. I didn't really eat it, so I wouldn't know. Yeah. But I just remember when they all. All the commercials are like, oh, now they're actually fruit shaped, so they're amazing. Oh my god. Yeah, fruit cereals overall just sound like they wouldn't be as good of ideas, but like, I kind of like Fruity Pebbles. They're, they're, they're okay. They were pretty good, yeah. While we're on the topic of cereal, do you guys remember the Nintendo cereal? Nope. No. You didn't no. know what? See, no. because remember, remember that, like, our parents, we were yeah, we, they kind of deprived us of video games, like in the '90s. Getting a Game okay. Boy Color in '98 was like it was a big oh, freaking deal. It was a big deal. This is mandatory. You have watch this now. Okay. Well, I don't have to necessarily watch it. I... You're gonna cry at the theme song, but I remember this commercial all over the place when I was younger. Yeah. If you find a box, ship it to us. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, it's probably on eBay. It's stale. Yeah. <laughs> And we'll eat it on stick ham. Nom <laughs> <laughs> um, nom 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 nom. YouTube. The terrible, terrible. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you never had it? No. I totally got a box growing up. It was like the one and only box I ever got. But... Nintendo cereal system is a super part of this nutritious breakfast. Nintendo two cereals in one. Two cereals in two cereals in one. Wow. <laughs> they have boomerang hearts and keys for Zelda and mushroom. Oh man! See, like Nintendo was that big of a deal that like they totally should have 
you know, had a cereal, and I'm not surprised at all. Well, oh, Pokemon Lunchables, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, now that Kind King mentions it, yeah, I mean, we, instead of having all the, like, the cereals come out based on, like, all the different games and all, we remember more, like, Lunchables and stuff. That was, that was all. Lunchables. We never got them, but... What, what, do you remember, uh, where we had one of a Pokemon Lunchable? No. Sorry. Disney World. We did? We were in, we were in Disney World in the hotel... Well, watching, that was watching Garfield and Friends on TV oh, yes. and having Pokemon Lunchables. Yep. And then there was a there was an N64, you know, that you could pay to uh, get mm-hmm. games for and play in the hotel room. Yeah. But there was nothing there. It was just like the console sitting there mocking you. It's like, no, I want to play it. So we should probably tell this story for Yoko Make time. About how we almost died in Germany. It's it's kind of one of those things that we don't really share all that often, but we kind of say it as a heat of of warning. If you're (laughs) ever in a situation like this, or if you ever go to Germany, be smart. Yeah, don't don't be dumb. Um, so this was in summer 2004. That would mean it was six years ago my goodness i was going to become a junior in high school so it's maybe some of the age that you are now perhaps um we went a whole bunch of places in germany for a a trip that our mom did and this story takes place at schloss neuschwanstein or castle neuschwanstein which cinderella castle yeah it's the building that cinderella's castle is modeled after so we were kind of in you know a group with a whole bunch of kids from a local high school not our high school but one that our mom taught at and we we became friends with you know a guy and a girl um nice group of four of us so a guy named matt and a girl named nancy and so you know we were just we were hanging around and that was our little group there and so Going up, the, the castle's basically on a mountain, and yeah. it's you know it's just a long way up, and it took. What do you think it took to get up there? Maybe twenty minutes, thirty minutes. At least, yeah. I knew it was it was quite a, a trek up. Um, and it, it's a sizable mountain. It's not you know like cliff faces necessarily, but I mean it's it's, it's a got some pretty decent elevation to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I made a made the the trek up. Um, had a nice tour inside, um, you know, pointed out all the different things, and it was fun. So once we got out of there and started our way down, that's when we... Uh, yeah, we didn't really want to start. take the half hour or whatever it was back down. So, so like, if, we, if we saw a shortcut, we were going to take it. And so we saw a shortcut that was kind of off the beaten path, but we could see where it connected to the path again, and we're like, all right, we'll, we'll take this shortcut. And so we we start taking the shortcut, and of course you know it, it starts to get a little steeper, and I'm like okay, it's a little uncomfortable, steeper, and steeper. Just take your time. Why is it that when it gets to be too steep, why do you always have to like think that you your feet can keep up with you? Yeah. So you start running. The, the smart and that's thing. Not, yeah. No. The smart thing would have been just to to fall on our ass and slide. Slide. 
that would hurt. There were rocks and stuff. There were there were rocks. There was there's gravel and mulch and all that. But yeah. it would have been the smart thing to do because it started to get too steep that our legs were running to keep up with us and us you know, falling, us <laughs> falling head over heels. We're falling on the ground, basically <laughs> down down what uh, this mountain. And um, so where did you end up? Um, I went off to the side. Um, I was, I actually was sliding more than I was tumbling, um, though it was a little interesting that I think about at the point I uh, ended up, there was, off to the right, there was an even deeper cut to uh, an even steeper slope. So, like, would have been worse if I went past that point. Um, so, tell them rest of the story yeah well, well you got stopped by a tree i i managed to grab hold of a tree so yes we uh we got to a point where our we're running wasn't helping and we just you tumble so you, you kind of go bloop, head, bloop, 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 head, over yeah, heels. head over heels and you know just fall 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 so uh, i was i was falling i was sliding and I hold of a tree i was falling 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 and i unfortunately didn't grab a tree the back of my head found a tree and yeah smack well same with your back and everything but yeah but it was it was mostly the back of my head and because i i guess i inherently thought to like curl up because i knew like the impact was coming so i guess that really kind of saved me but it was still a blunt force to the back of my head and i was bleeding from the back of my head and i got not so much profusely i don't think but you know it was was still pretty bad and I had a concussion. Yep. Short-term memory loss, too. That was fun to have you in the, the hotel room when you're treating. And yep. say, oh, ask you a question or something, and then like an hour later, you had no idea that I asked it. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, and I'd, I'd feel the back of my head and be bloody. I'm like, what happened? And so my mom would, would tell the story, and I'd be like, okay. A couple minutes later, what happened? What happened? Like, oh, God. So. so that was the time we kind of freaked our mom out the most because she was the the parent who was out there with us, and yeah, we almost a died. A little bit of that look of horror when uh, we come up and they're like, "What happened?" Pull the handbag and bloody, and she freaks. <laughs> yeah, we fell down a mountain. Yeah, so yeah, we can we can chalk it up there instead of just you know tumble down a hill and hit stuff. We're like, "Yeah, I fell down a mountain." Well, that's the thing too. Like, if you know, if you get rejected by ladies, the lady says, "Like, go jump off a cliff." Like, I have, yeah, and I survived bam. it. <laughs> um, it wasn't so much a cliff, just like a really steep hill with trees and rocks and mulch and gravel and stuff. <laughs> it was pretty bad, and it was pretty stupid of us. Yeah. So, had things gone differently, there would be no Show Me Your News. There'd be no WTF Pokemon. And that's our story.